I bet you anything. I bet you anything. This will be our shortest show, or it'll come in. At, it'll come in at two and a half hours. Done. Every time we predict our shortest show, yeah, maybe, three in the why morning. Did I, why did I fucking open my mouth? Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 56. Glad you remembered. I'm glad you remembered. We got to remind the people this is a horror movie podcast. Yes. We even put it in the title, right? So we don't always yeah. say it. Oh, by the way, I'm Christian, everybody. Hi. How are you? No one cares. Yeah. Hi, Christian. And that was Brandon. <laughs> we, no one we cares. Were hoping, yeah, we were hoping he would still do his Marceau Marceau, but I guess that was a one show thing. <laughs> Oh, one shit, take I fucker. forgot about that. That was yeah, that was a one take fucker. <laughs> Unfortunately. But tonight, straight horror. Well, every night, straight horror. Phantasm. <laughs> All of them. We're getting right into it, man. We got five movies to cover. We're gonna have some fun with it. We're not gonna bullshit with anything. We're just gonna review movies. So if you want to hear about horror movies, <laughs> you're in the right place. You know <laughs> what the thing? When people hear this though, they're actually gonna get mad because they don't get that we're just fucking around. Well, everybody, are you kidding me? People get uptight when you blow a fart. But uh, let's put it out there. Patrons, we're going to do horror movies. If you if you ask us to do the freaking the Cornholio trilogy or the freaking, uh, uh, um, <laughs> what's that thing? It's the Cornetto trilogy. Whatever, okay. Cornettos uh, or that. Or if you ask us to do a, a haunted house because it's like a comedy that spoofs horror and, and want us to do those movies, the answer is going to be politely no. Just <laughs> please we, we want to do horror movies, and not even us. We're doing it for the listeners. I listen to horror podcasts constantly. When I listen to a horror podcast, I want to hear about horror movies. So I think we should extend the same things to our listeners. And, you know, yes, we love our patrons and everything, but we can't just do the show just for them. You know what I mean? So yeah. please, all we ask is that it's horror movies. Is, is, that, is that fair? Yeah, I think it's I very mean, fair. Yeah. I watch, I watch a lot of non-horror, but when it comes to the show, I like stricken. Sticking strictly to the heart. I like being stricken with polio. (laughs) Cornholio? What? Corn polio. That goes without saying. (laughs) No, I like to stick with the heart. And this is a blessing because we did a poll that Brandon wrote, and we, (laughs) and Friday the 13th won clear winners, we said the last show, and you know, people. Some people were up in arms, going, "Oh, Friday again." Well, After Friday again. Voted for it, it won. Yeah, like tons of fucking people voted for it. Friday again, but yeah, a do? lot of people mentioned uh, Phantasm, so we said, "Let's do fucking Phantasm." And then Christine said, "Guys, do Phantasm." So yes, thank you, thank, Christine. Yes, we owe Christine. We owe Christine for this because you get two franchise shows uh, this year then from us for sure. Yeah, at least two guaranteed. And now I just pulled the thing up in front of me. Here's. Fan, pardon me. Friday the 13th had like 70 votes. 
Phantasm had like 50. And then there was three others that finished kind of high. And they are Evil Dead had like 25 votes. Nightmare on Elm Street had 21 votes. And Final Destination had 13. And yeah, that's about it. So those are the big ones. So we'll keep an eye out on Evil Dead, Nightmare, and Final Destination. I'll do them all. I, I love them all. So I'll do them yeah, all. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's three That's three chili. Uh, fuck, I can't talk tonight. I'm, yeah. That's I'm okay. Leaving. It's early in. You'll We've be been able blessed, to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> We're blessed. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm, I'm, I'm Jeremy. I'm just being quiet the rest of the show. <laughs> Jeremy didn't speak on the <laughs> podcast today. <laughs> And it was an episode I enjoyed. <laughs> <laughs> He's never listening, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. I like Jeremy. Don't Jeremy, tell him. Jeremy's my I boy, and I'm, and I'm glad that uh, people spoke up and said, Jeremy, start talking more. You tell Moots and JP to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm all for I think that. we should stop talking about other podcasts other than when we're, yes. when we're shutting, shutting them out. And you know, the only reason I say that is because it's become such an in-joke now. The listeners might not know what we're talking about. So those were references to our sister show, 22 Shots. Yeah, yeah. That's who we're talking about. Yes. So listen to them. Listen yeah. to Horrorphilia Network shows. All the shows on there are good. We endorse them all. And, uh, yeah. And we're not going to promote anything. Join the group page because there's good things going on in the group page. I'm just going to say that. And one more thing I'm going to say real quick. iTunes now has 90. We have 90 reviews, 90 ratings. So Bellissimo. We- Yes, please let us get to 100. There's only 10 more we need. Guys, get on there if you have Just take two minutes out. Boom. Go. You don't have to say anything. Just rate us five stars. You know, that that's all good. Or, or rate something and say, great show. Say anything and you'll be in on drawings as well. So that's all I'm going to promote. That is it. Well, and Patreon, obviously. But that, that's it. Patreon.com slash Exploding Heads. Get on there. Check it out. See what we have to offer you. And, uh, you know, that's that. Okay, so... We're going to get right into it. Phantasm, we have five movies to cover. Uh, I think maybe we'll wait. I was going to think we could say something at the beginning about uh, the series a little bit, but maybe we'll wait to the end. We'll wrap it up as one whole thing, because I do have things to say about this series. As a yeah, whole. I'm yeah. I'm sure you guys, too. after Absolutely. the series, reflecting and talking about this, we'll probably have a little to say. But for now, let's just get right into it. Phantasm. Falls in. Let's do it. Falls deep. <laughs> what do we got? Oh, All right, we I... got fan. <laughs> Sorry, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. What were you going to say? We got what? I was going to say, I'm going to try my best not to make any balls in your face jokes or anything about tall man's balls. I'm going to tr- I'm going to say that's too easy. I can't yeah. do it. It's going to be right. hard. It's low hanging. It's low hanging fruit. Don't, you're, don't you're gonna set be hard. me up. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. All right. I'm going to call I, them spheres all night long. Spheres. I'm not even going to say balls. They're yeah. spheres. Now, do all you right. guys want to start with part one? Um, let's do a randomizer and see. Yeah, Maybe we shouldn't. How many? Times I think that should, should be another it? Patreon park. I heard Twenty Two Shots is doing that. that they could pick the order of the show. <laughs> Imagine that. Yeah, Hellraiser one through ten. Uh, Start with six. Twenty dollars. I actually, I actually did a joke to Moods. I said, Moods, pretty soon your show's gonna sound like. Please deposit fifty cents if you want to hear the end of this review. <laughs> that is brutes, but funny. Woo. All right. All right. All right. Let's go. Okay. Phantasm from 1979, written and directed by Don Coscarelli. Coscarelli? <laughs> Not just written and directed. Let me interrupt you. Photographed, produced, and edited. Brilliant. Yeah, man. He also did the craft services on the film. 
<laughs> he fed himself. Yes. He got 18. a freaking a hot dog for Reggie and some fries for Mike, and he gave Jody uh, a milkshake. Yeah. He gave Jody more than a milkshake. Tommy got shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a teenage boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grave robber known only as the Tall Man, who keeps a lethal arsenal of terrible weapons with him. Spheres. 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 Yes. Yeah, a lethal arsenal of spheres. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think in this movie we only see one spear. Yeah. They're, they're sentinels, right? Sentinels. They do call them sentinels in, wait a minute, wait a minute, in movie. part three. Part three. Part three. Yeah, I was going to say three. Okay, good. I'm they glad I them... Yeah, they call them sentinels, and then they mention, they call the other guys, instead of grave diggers or dwarfs, they call them... Um, Lurkers. Uh, Lurkers, yeah, which was weird. There's a couple of things. I guess that here, here's the thing, though. The problem with it is there's so many things that kind of get answered as the series goes on, or that they decide to work in. But as a, you almost have to look at this first as a standalone movie, and then talk about how it evolved into like the franchise that we it now is, because yes. I think it's very important. Because as a standalone movie, this movie could be looked at as something completely different than what it's presented as. Exactly. Exactly. As a standalone movie, this is actually kind of like a sad, tragic story. But when you look at it as part of the series, then it becomes something completely different based on where they took it. It becomes a sad, tragic story, but out of another character. (laughs) You know what? And that was one of the questions I was going to have is how you guys interpreted all this. And that's how I did. And that's exactly it. Which kind of of works within the way these, these movies are presented with narratives shifting Specifically in the second second one, but like we'll get there. But for this one, the theme of this movie could be loss, loss, oh, and the a, effect of loss on a young boy. Without a doubt, that's I think completely what he's going for in this first film. Okay, now then, if that sounds so simple, why is it that it seems like nobody talks about that? Is it because it's so simple? And it, I and think it, it's because you you kind of when when you think of Phantasm for me now, especially since I've now seen them all. I'm thinking of this thing as a whole and the whole journey, a whole, <laughs> the whole journey and ultimately where it ends up to. So I'm trying to dissect, you know, what's real and what's not. And you start asking yourself questions and man, you could fall down the rabbit hole real quick. You could. It's like, and it's like ending up 40 windows deep into like pornography and you just can't get back out. <laughs> you got 40 windows open. You're like, how the hell did I get here? That's how I felt by the time I was in the middle of Ravager. I'm like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> and I think, and I, and you're you're right. And I think the whole setup here, with the nightmarish imagery and the fact that it plays out kind of like a dream nightmare, works nightmare. to the well. No, because by the end, it's not this whole movie that just took place, and then they slapped on. It's all a dream. It plays out right. like a dream. It, the narrative, it, it's not sort of linear. It, it kind of just flows at its own pace, and and scenes come and go. There's there's bizarre exposition, bizarre dialogue right at the beginning when Tommy dies. A the the fact that we're just thrown into that Tommy's fucking right. a girl in a graveyard, which just seems to be a motif in this movie, like not very romantic. <laughs> and they're fucking weird because when it cuts to them, she's on top in high heels, and what was she doing? Like those high heels, you couldn't get across that grass in those high heels. She's doing aerating the grass. This is what you're worried about, the high heels? I was worried about the, the high heels. She's, not the fact that she's actually the tall man. Yeah. Not the fact that the actual theme of the first movie is an old guy who likes to fuck young men and then turn them into midget slaves. <laughs> but then, so she kills him. She... 
I hope Very I didn't true. ruin Phantasm. I hope I didn't ruin Phantasm for anyone because I hey, still love it. <laughs> we're spoiling everything and we're saying what we gotta say. And that's yeah, all you, got, you gotta spoil movie. with this because. But so Tommy gets killed, and then the seed with the exposition there is so bizarre. Yeah, when, suicide. When they, when they walk himself. in, he goes, kill himself. I go, kill himself? <laughs> right. Who takes right. a, a knife and starts stabbing him other than Artie Lang from Howard Stern? Who's going to try to kill himself that way? <laughs> oh, wait. I never thought of that. I just assumed that <laughs> the tall man found him. Or, wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. I never thought about this. So he was found dead in this graveyard with a knife plunged in him. By oh. who? We don't know. Maybe the tall man did it himself. Maybe, well, we know he did it. But maybe the tall man was the one that called the cops, said, oh, look, I found this young man in the graveyard this morning when I came to work or something. I don't know, because then it would work. <laughs> when I came to work. I don't, even, you don't even see any authority figures, though. Any, you barely see any outside people. That's what even makes it more dreamlike. It's almost like, right. like the whole series is just a handful of characters. Dave, and Dave, this is where, and I'm going to get back to this when we talk about part two, this is where I've got... Not an answer, but this is where I have no issue with the problems that you have. Because I did listen to Skeleton Crew again, especially on that one, because I wanted to hear your take, because I know you, you didn't really like that. Well, at least the first two acts so much. But we'll get there. We'll get there. Just saying, well, it, it's the structure okay. that's set up here. The world that we're thrown into is surreal, and, and the story is not told literally. Literally? Literally, literally linearly. Literally. Linear? Linear Quigley? But, linear Quigley. Even the... <laughs> Even the dialogue, though, I, I keep getting back into this. Even the dialogue at that very beginning scene is weird. It's like, yeah, I can't believe yeah. you committed suicide. Yeah, well, I got to go see somebody in there. I'll, yeah. I'll check you later. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It was just very odd dialogue. I and agree. It's a little bit off-putting, slightly off-putting at yeah. first. Yeah. That, that, and I've seen this movie several times. I, I love the movie, you know. But I thought that, too, when I was watching this. I'm like, hmm. That is weird. They do this thing with, oh, hell of a way to end the trio. And yeah. just, there, hi, hey, how you doing? It, it's almost like an amateur <laughs> film, like something you would see for like a YouTube video or something. Just like, yeah. that's a, a weird way to start a film, introduce those two characters. But to answer your question from the beginning, Christian, I think that nobody discusses this movie this way because this movie, I think, is looked at as a, looked at for the sights and the sounds, the, the amazing soundtrack and the amazing visuals of this film not exactly like a suspiria but i think a lot of people look at this movie as style over substance and don't think about peeling back the layers that's what i think that's a good point the soundtrack is amazing dude Absolutely. this is like an italian film this yeah. is a hundred percent and coscarelli's italian you know and i get that i mean he's not from italy but I, I you can't tell me that this film wasn't inspired by by uh by Argeno and Fulci, because you could the set pieces look like some only this movie now. That's how this movie differs from the other. This is a very stylistic movie. The first second with that soundtrack and the intro. Oh my god, good, it, it's beautiful. Good time to interject, yeah. and I, I, again, not trying to talk over you there, but just to interject because you set that up perfectly. The restoration by Bad Robot. I'm assuming that oversaw it. Beautiful. The remastered version of this uh, is yeah. just phenomenal. It is. So we all watched it that way? We all well, watched I, the I saw it on Shudder. And again, I've told the story before, but again, it's a perfect time to wedge in a Laserdisc story, because why not? Hey, uh, I had the Laserdisc, and it was that, that really big, thick one that was like, it had a picture, it was hey, limited now. edition. Yeah, it was very thick. And then uh, <laughs> it was numbered. 
And then I, I, when I went to see Phantasm Four at the Fantasia Festival in Toronto, I got uh, Don Coscarelli to, to sign it one of one. He's like, I don't know if I could do this. I'm like, you could do whatever you want, Don. And I know I told the story. <laughs> I know I told the story on here before, but I, it doesn't matter because now we're talking about Phantasm, so it's got to be wedged into this episode as well. And the soundtrack came in with that that uh, laser disc, and just listening to that over and over and over again. And you're right; it's something like you you'd say if Goblin made that score, you'd be like, "Yep, I believe it." Oh, yeah, dude. Some of the noises in there sound exactly like something from any of those Italian films. It's just like oh, I can't try to imitate those noises, but you know when you watch the film, there's just like it's like fungula. <laughs> 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 oh, this is okay. Oh, I know, yeah, like that, like that Gregorian chants. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it reminds me of something you'd see in the Beyond or something. Yeah. Just like, just this is such a stylized movie, and I never hear anybody talking about it that way. Which is, it's just weird because I just said when listen to a podcast, they're probably focusing more on that than the story. I hear people talking about the tall man, the balls, Mike's story, the spheres. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, Thank you. You know. Yeah, I, what I'm, about the mausoleum? The fact real. that this, Beautiful. yeah, in all of them, they just get so many yeah. great shots in the mausoleums through through the series, and it's such a perfect setting for a horror film. Oh, the yeah, funeral is awesome. about to begin, sir. <laughs> sir, <laughs> <laughs> it's great, and the way it's shot. There's like two or three shots of, of the mausoleum sitting on top of that hill or whatever, and the way it's framed, it's like framed wide. It, it's and we'll get to when we get to part two, but this is filmed beautifully. This movie is shot. It, it's great. And I'm not going to shit on the sequels because, as you'll hear, I don't have a problem with them. I, I, I do enjoy the series. But this is the only one that looks this way. And it's a little sad that Hollywood got their hands on part two and then what can you do from then on? But this movie, man, it's, it's beautiful looking and sounding. And you don't hear people speak of it that way. But I, I wonder, really noticed it. I really noticed it this time. I wonder what would have happened with the franchise had Coscarelli made the choice to go with the original Mike instead of Reggie in part two. Well, the thing is, even if that Mike was in the film, the studio still interfered enough that it would have still been the same movie. And again, we'll get to that when we get to part two. So I well, think no, that's some- I mean, I, I think that, well, they gave Coscarelli the option of having one of the two actors back. Right, but yeah, I'll get to that. They if, still if, interfere. Like, oh, not, without a doubt, without a doubt. Let's be. They still let's interfere be, with other things. And we're all excited here, so I, I apologize to the listeners for because I'm I am jumping over you guys, and I apologize. But the acting, because you brought it up, and another good segue. The acting here is quite amateurish, and if anybody gets upset with me by saying that, it's better than a lot of low budget movies. But it's still, um, Jody is probably the worst of the batch. Right. Mike and Reggie are great. I thought Mike for uh, are, are great in comparison to the what, what's the rest of the the actors and whatnot. I, I thought they they managed to be good. I love Reggie and the fact that he's an ice cream guy turned superhero. Yeah. I love that. I, I love yeah. it. And Mike, as a little kid, does a great job. I think he's yeah. a better actor here than he is when he comes back to the series later. That, on the well, road. that makes sense. There's a lot of ch- uh, yeah. people that are good act, good ch- child actors, and then they grow up and it just doesn't pan out. You know, yeah. it's just, it is what it is. Reggie is the strong, he's the trump card of the whole series. And that's why he retained Reggie. And Reggie yeah. gets better as the series that. goes on, you know? And Angus Scrim doesn't have to do much, but he's menacing. Oh, he's, he's menacing. Yeah. And I, I, again, I hear this sometimes 
he is an icon. And this Don Coscarelli managed to make a movie at age 23 with a bunch of random ideas that he just wanted to create something. And he made a icon horror figure with his just with his presence and his fears. Whether you what level of icon is he a tier two icon? You guys decide. But he's an icon. People know who the tall man is, and yeah. they know that he has his fears. And that, in it unto itself, is a phenomenal. Like you've got to give it respect for that fact alone. Then you add the fact that it's got this great soundtrack and it's got this haunting imagery. Is it always successful? No. There's some amateurish parts and there's some things that don't quite add up. I think the pacing in the second act could have used a little bit of an adrenaline shot. But overall, it's hugely successful. Overall. It is. I think it could have been even more successful had the franchise gone on to flesh out the tall man's character even more. Because, I mean, the way they they do this is they really allow for anything and everything to happen. It, fe- it feels almost like we'll make it up as we go along. It works because it's just so batshit crazy, but there's, like, no rules that apply here. So we don't know what we're dealing with, and that's what, we're, that's what we get for the whole franchise, and for people which is that, fine. Yeah, no, it is fine. And people, people call out inconsistencies later on, but right out of the gate... <laughs> Ravager fixed it all. Right out of the gate, right out of the gate, the tall man, the tall man pulls a scary carry, scary carry with Mike on a motorcycle and fires him off the motorcycle. Why didn't he kill him there? If everybody's so worried about like (laughs) when and where people get killed in the series, I mean, you can't question that. That's how a movie plays out. And if that's what you're focusing on, you're going to have a lot of problems with this series out of the gate. My new favorite saying, boom. Because you know what though? Out of the gate, end of the day. Yes. Like Dave <laughs> says, like Dave says, that's even answered later on in the series because the the tall man makes reference later on in the sequels that he just pretty much loves toying with these people. Yeah, yeah. and how about especially, the noise especially that it Reggie. makes? Especially How about the noise that it makes when Mike falls off the bike? That ADR from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> that cracks me up every time now. <laughs> that big noise from a kid just going over the handlebars. You know. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "It's scary, Carrie, scary, Carrie." Creepy Carrie? <laughs> is that what it? Creepy Carrie? Creepy Carrie. Oh, Creepy yeah. Carrie. I was thinking the wrong Carrie thing. Scary Carrie sounds good, though. <laughs> it does sound good, Scary Carrie, you know? Wait, what does that sound like? Scary Carrie? Harry Carrie? Well, whatever. Forget Harry it. Car- Drew Carrie? <laughs> Jim Carrie? Yeah. You know this what? Is... You ever hear that expression, Harry Carrie? When people say, I'm going to commit Harry Carrie? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. For years, I never understood why they called that, because I always thought about that guy in baseball. He called baseball games. Yeah. His name was Harry Carey. I never understood why people called suicide based upon that guy, Harry Carey. It never made sense to me. I only found this out about a year or two ago <laughs> that it's a Japanese thing or something. Harry yeah. Carey, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it's like you've you've dishonored yourself, so you've you fallen your sword, I think. Throw yourself onto your sword, as Flash Gordon, as uh, Emperor Ming would say. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Someone's going to appreciate that out there. Hey, old Ming. Anyway. What about the scene? I mean, I know it's pivotal to like i guess part of mike's arc within this nightmarish movie but the uh when he goes to see that girl with the grandmother the the gypsy I or love, the fortune teller grandmother the witch the witch yeah I, I love yeah it. i love that scene i love it when he leaves and it stays on them and they just start yeah. laughing because yeah. yeah. it's creepy oh, but yeah. funny at the same yes. time <laughs> right it is it's great yes you get into that those characters for a second and and, yeah. and see that this mysterious witchy woman is actually a human being having a little bit of fun at his expense, you know? I that, feel like ultimately, though, that's a big scene that ultimately carries through the whole franchise. The whole fear. idea of, of don't fear. <laughs> the Reaper. Yeah. 
<laughs> now, is that the? That's not the granddaughter though, that goes to the. Is it the granddaughter that goes to the mausoleum right after? Yes, and then I screams. She screams. Yeah. I have a major question for you guys. Last time I covered this, when we did it on, on Skeleton Crew, I said that there was an inconsistency in this film where you see the the girl walk up into the mausoleum and then you hear a scream yeah. and you never know what her what happens. But this time on the new one, and of course I could be wrong and just fucked up, this time she goes into the mausoleum and she comes across the white room. Yes. And then they, she screams. That makes sense. Has it always been there? Am what? I just fucked up? She came across the white room? Oh, yeah, she God. went into that thing and she Got opened whiter. the door. And, yeah, the freaking, uh, you see the white shine on her because she, she she stumbled onto the, the white room and freaking, then she screams. That makes sense. She's in that fucked up room with the, the dwarves, you know, pushed down in the barrels. I could see her being killed. It's like shooting dwarves in a barrel. Dave, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly would have to say I think it's always been there. And the only reason I'm questioning myself right now is because you brought it up as a, a possibility. They, you think that was added for the remastered? I don't know. I don't, because think, it, I don't I, think it was added I, I, in. I think it was always been I, as part of it. I just I, remember I, the scream. I don't even remember her in see? the mausoleum. There you I go. remember her walking into the cemetery. You know, you see her walking down the street, and then and then you hear her scream. She, she just screams you, for it, fucking no reason. She, do, 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 going down the street. She definitely goes into the white room. Okay, so that's... Now, Brandon, do you have the new one? I don't. The remastered. Ah, see, see. I watched the remastered on Shutter, but I didn't. Uh, but like I said, I don't. I don't remember for some reason. No, no, because oh, okay. I, well, I rewatched up. it. I rewatched it today because I wanted to watch the first one twice for the show. And she mm-hmm. definitely opens a door, and we get that yeah. the hum, and yes. the and a the white glow in her face, and then it cuts yeah. to the scream. Makes sense. So obviously, we know what happened. They're not going to tip their their hand right then and there. We're going to see that that amazing reveal at the end with the white white room. So I get that. For some reason, in the past, I thought that she just walked up to it, and then they showed a shot of the uh, of the mausoleum, and you'd heard a scream. So I don't know. Maybe I was fucked up the last time I watched it. I just that's how I recall it. So we all watched the same version. It's restored. Yeah. yeah. I have the Blu-ray. I have the set. I have um. And I hate to say it because I can't stand the name, but I have the Wellgo USA fucking um, the Blu-ray box set. Yeah, awesome. they, they must have bought the rights because they, they have the rights for all of them except for. It seems like do they have it for two? Because why isn't two on Shutter? Scream, Scream Factory owns ah. it. So when you watch the Wellgo and you even put the disc in and it comes up, it doesn't come up like the other ones. First, it comes up with a uh, a Scream Factory thing, but then it goes okay. into the same title screen. That's on the other four. So I'm not 100% sure how that part worked out. But the okay. Screen Factory thing still did come up on it. And it, it, it didn't say Silver Sphere when it, when it started like the other ones did. But they all have a certain look. And it's really cool on the Wellgo. And I hate that name. <laughs> every time I think of that, every time I see that Wellgo? name, Wellgo, I always picture an impatient person in traffic. Like somebody had like a red light and the and the light turns green and they don't move and the guy behind him goes well go you know what I mean I have always pictured this it's the very first time I saw no I no well, I go. will I never did before uh, how could you not well go it sounds like anger to me you know can we talk about Jody's game how he picks up uh, that girl within oh. like a uh, thirty seconds of being in that bar. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I know. 18 seconds. I timed it. I know. You timed it. That's hilarious. I know it's a tall man. And the tall man is like, if anything, he's like Roy from Friday the 13th Part 5. What's this guy doing all day long? Just frequently bars. How does he know fucking Jody's going to come in and hit on him? Is he just waiting for whoever comes in just to sit sit back there as a pretty chick? Going, well, 
today might be my lucky day. And if nothing happens, I'm getting shit-faced by myself then. Like, what? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you on. really think about what's going on there, it's pretty funny. Yeah, he's an attractive-looking chick in a bar. How is she not going to get hit on by a guy? She already True. killed his buddy at the beginning of the movie, whatever his name was. She, she could go to a bar every night of the week and pick up a new guy. Don't very true, very true, but this bar looks like the biggest shithole dive, and it's in the middle of nowhere, and every time he walks in, there looks like there's cars, there's nobody out front, nobody's parked there, it seems. And he goes <laughs> that's, in and the, that's the whole theme of these movies, <laughs> yeah. there's nobody in it, which is yeah. why the whole dream reality thing is so, so prevalent throughout, because there's true. nobody there. And it's just basically Mike running around following Jody because he's so paranoid that his brother's going to leave him because he can't get over the death of his parents, he sees Tommy's death. He sees the tall man lift the freaking coffin. He's like, what the fuck? Which we get a flashback of five minutes later. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> why? Like, why? Why put that whole part in? Like, they could have easily cut out the what the fuck part when he most what the fuck. I'm like, we just saw that. And you flash back to it. I felt like we were watching like a Family Guy episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice. They showed you twice, you know? Like, speaking of the beginning, too, like, why was it like, like, we see one beautiful exposed breast, but she's holding the other one covered up. It's almost like, I'm only going to show one tit. I'm not going to show both of them. Like, which is going to stab Tommy at the beginning. And then she shows wow. both later, actually, because I think when she's uh, seducing Jody, there's both of them. And those how were, weird is it? Those were stunt tits. Those were stunt tits? Yeah. Yeah, they were. <laughs> no, they were. I know what Jody said to her, by the way, to pick her up in the bar. Because she says it later when they get to things. She, so she she says, "So what's the one thing? Uh, what's what's the only thing to do in this town?" So when he saw her in the bar, they said, "Hello, hi, how you doing? I'm Jody. I'm so and so. What are you doing here?" Uh, well, I'm just here visiting so and so. Well, there's only one thing to do in this town. And then the, the girl saw that, and they walked out the bar. If I was <laughs> single, I would use that. <laughs> there's only one thing to do in this town. That that's the pickup line, guys. Single men. Use it at the bar next time you're there and get, get and back to us. And report back to us. Yeah, for sure. Yes. We'll try see it. If that works. Brandon, do it, Brandon. Next time you yeah, go I'll to like it. Dr. Lipschitz, try it in the office, you know? <laughs> Type that on Grinder. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, Call back to earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. What the hell? So Jody gets freaked out. And let's, let's, I'll be honest here. I, I don't even think the Jawas or the Jawas were a ripoff of the Jawas because from what I remember, from the, the um, commentary, he had been working on this from a script standpoint before Star Wars even hit. Yeah. So, I mean, Star Wars hit in 77, uh, and he, and this was scripted and whatever, but who cares about that part? The reality is they're fucking creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're they creepy, and they're, and they're actually really scary in this. And they're scary throughout because they use those same growls for the jump scenes pretty much throughout <laughs> the whole series. It's great. Right. But when he gets scared and he runs by him, what the fuck was Jody doing with her underwear in her, his mouth? Really? Yeah, when, he, when he pops up, when he's fooling around with the tall man chick, oh, and he pops up God. and her fucking garments are in his mouth. Nice. Jody's <laughs> Maybe he freak. thought they were edible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. So he went down on her and ripped him off. Wow, that's freaking yeah. intense. Jody. There you go, guys. Jody's a pimp. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn. <laughs> that's funny, though. We hit him in Hey, was he wearing his Was he wearing his derby in the in the cemetery? <laughs> that would have been awesome. Derby. And then how about that scene when he is wearing the derby? I love that scene. I love when they had that little jam session. It's part of the charm of the film. I fucking love it. I love the song. I think it's great. I do too. I, I do yeah. too. Yeah. 
so then then he has um, he has a dream. So Michael has a dream within the dream, I guess. <laughs> Everything's a dream within a dream. <laughs> within a dream. We're in, we're in Inception here before Inception was even invented. We're like in level three dream world here. And then uh, the tall man and the dwarves grab him, which is a freaking freaky scene. Oh, it's oh, awesome. Yeah, it is. It's great, man. Oof. This film has a, a lot of scenes like that because they do it again later on and then they do it again at the end and and they all work. I mean, they're, they're quick little jump scare, creepy type moments and they work. This movie works on many different levels. And we, we brought up the sphere, but then you inter- the, the sphere is introduced as possibly the coolest weapon outside of Freddy's gloves. Like from a unique standpoint. Yeah, uh, I mean this thing. Didn't you just have one? Well, not not if you look at the other movies and see that he had worked on different gloves. You fucking asshole, trying to show me up. Ah, Freddy's nice. gloves. Very hit of a lot of gloves. We just he just uses his finger knives. You prick bastard, you. That's right. And yeah. if you want to look at part two, he doesn't even have a glove. The the knives come right out of his hand. Yeah. So who was he? Wolverine. There we go. For that movie, yes. <laughs> how many how many utility belts did uh, bitch tits Jason have? Oh. <laughs> We're not there yet. Wrong franchise. No, but the dream Penis sequence breath. with uh, the tall man walking down the street is awesome. Oh, when he stops in front of Reggie's ice cream truck. The one that ends up being like a huge plot device later on in the series. <laughs> does he hate the cold or does he love the cold? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. About. Didn't you guys just based on Phantasm alone and yeah. that reaction? Would you have? I took it as like ecstasy. Like uh, he, yeah, I thought he had an yeah. orgasm. That's what he looked like. Uh, right, taking it in, enjoying it. Yeah, but later on in part three, I think they they flip the switch and say that oh, yeah. he's afraid of the cold. It's kind of what I like about the series as well. They take little tidbits and and they they play around with it. But yes, in the realm of Phantasm One, it seems like he's in ecstasy for sure. He's coming. We're all in pants. agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Good. I thought I, I was hoping I wasn't the only one because I, I, I've always thought that. And then, you know, when Although, I started watching, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Let me play devil's advocate here. He, oh. It's not even so much his facial expressions because we got to remember he's he's not even human. It's the fact that he freezes up and just stands there, which is something he does whenever somebody hits the tuning fork. So it could be like one of those negative reactions he's having where he's frozen like in fear. Almost. It doesn't play out like that, though. I, I it can... doesn't. It doesn't look that way. I'm with yeah. you on that, but I'm just. I'll tell you visually, it's stunning. Yeah. For oh, a low yeah, budget, for a low budget yeah. movie, this shot alone is a standout in the movie. I know it sounds kind of weird, with just the way it's framed and the slow motion with Reggie opening up the truck and then the. You Iconic. See the it's 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 a great great sequence. Yep. In, in, the, in the, only, film. the only issue I really have with the second half of the film is the fact that it seems like. Okay, Mike goes to the mortuary. Then he comes home. Then Jody comes. Then Jody comes. That's why I said the then second Mike act. It's, it, yeah, the it's, second like, act. it's like one. Uh, you stay here while I go out. Then I'll come back and yeah. you can go out. Yeah, and then and then when he gets locked in the room, I I always thought this, but you saw how the door has a bit of a hole in the bottom. I thought they must have done a take where he kicks the door and it kicks his foot into it. And I don't remember this from the commentary or anything like that. Cause it looks like they, he never does that. But then the take that they use, there's just a hole at the bottom of the door. Yeah. Uh, and I thought they must've done a take where he, where Mike kicks it to try to open it up. Cause his and brother locks him in. And then they went full MacGyver. He with went that, full which MacGyver was cool. With a shotgun shell. <laughs> to blow and the hammer. dirt and a hammer. <laughs> Call back to the last show. 
Hammer time. Right. Proper. <laughs> Here comes the hammer. Yeah. Shit, I never noticed that thing <laughs> about the door. I never noticed that. That there's a hole in the door. Yeah, at the no bottom, shit. it looks like he kicked it, but who knows? For, for uh, Can't be 100% sure. It probably is in the commentary, but it's been so long since I heard that commentary that I can't remember. Wow, dude, I've seen this movie 20-something times and twice in the, in, in the last five days, and I have not seen it. Oh, I do remember that every time I see that screwdriver that Jody puts in there to keep him in the door, that yeah. we had the same screwdriver in the 80s when I was a kid. <laughs> It came in a set. It was all different sizes. And as soon every time I see it, I think about that. Kind of like that floor that I always see in those 80s movies. That, that was like my kitchen floor. Same thing. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> what about what about them one-upping uh, the balls, spears, sorry, with sphere cam? The infrared. Like too? Yeah. POV. No, in this one, too. It's there's uh, it's infrared. and I'm talking about the, the ball cam, like the POV of the ball as it's flying through. It's is infrared. that in part one? Yeah. I don't think they do that in part one. They part do. one is a... Really? What the hell's the matter? Ball cam is what? great. I put it down. Very, very resourceful kid. My next <laughs> note was ball cam. Infrared was great. Ball cam. <laughs> I, think, I think we're going to have to revisit this franchise next week. <laughs> yeah. You, guys want to, you might want to watch the movie again and get back to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just forgot about that. I, I'm... I'm too busy marveling at everything else with that ball, how fast it went and freaking when it hit him, and what an amazing death. I mean, it's the, the first the time best we kill, see it. The best kill of the franchise. It's awesome, man. It's well, the best I, kill of the franchise. It, it, it is. Saw. I do I like saw. when they, they revisit it with the priest. I must admit, in part two. Oh, yes. In, that, in, part in two, this yeah. one, the blood was just so, the red was so yeah. vivid, and then he pisses himself, which is just adding insult to injury. 70s blood. It's that 70s blood. That yeah, want, oh, without yeah. a doubt come out yeah. in, a, yep. in a crayon color it looked like Herschel Gordon Lewis uh, blood and then he pees and I don't know if you could see how brown his urine was but that guy was definitely dehydrated <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know he peed uh, this is brand new to me what the hell well if, if you I... didn't know he pees he peed then you're in trouble oh my lord <laughs> like honestly no. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> what about what? the killing Ravager? I thought that was really good. Well, we'll get back yeah. in the in the. Yeah. You know? yeah let's go to talk there's about tons of kills. I know. Tons of good kills. We'll, that... we'll get there because there's a. I thought this series definitely tries to one up one another over the course of the series here, uh, with some kills. But what about that For... fly? The, the <laughs> fly. fly with... The fly with the red eyes. Yeah, oh, giant. that's awesome. The fly, the fingers, <laughs> the all the fingers. effects. That's that's what I'm saying. There's no it's rules right. here. There's no rules here. You could Gimmicks. cut the tall man's fingers off and he could, and then they can turn into a fly. Like, it, like there's no rhyme or reason to anything, which is cool. I, and when I say gimmicks, I mean gimmicks when the movies relied on gimmicks and they didn't seem gimmicky at the time. It just became something that after a while, like as the 80s went on, then before you knew it, it was just like, okay, we'll just see if this sticks. If this sticks. Like he actually steals that finger when he chops it off to prove that, to Jody that the tall man's real. And Jody's reaction is, okay, we're going to the authorities, but then, you know, uh, immediately that plan is immediately foiled. That's that's another thing we're playing with this whole idea of, of everything being a dream. It's like they never really get to where they're going. They're always, like, planning on doing the right thing, and then they sort of, like, don't. What about the where they get to that portal room, and then the lights go out, and they're like, and then, hey, I think I got a lighter. Light it up! 
And it, and it's really <laughs> weird. And then the dwarf is there, and then he gets thrown into the into the uh, into the, the first time we see the tall man's world. I thought that was really cool. Oh, it's great. It looks yes. like there's a lot of traffic there. Like, how many dwarfs does he need? That line is backed up for miles. It's like, it's like, why are they all walking single file across this planet? Yeah. Why can't that portal? Why can't that portal be closer to like the actual house? <laughs> uh, we go through this portal. We still got a fucking two hour walk ahead of us. This sucks. <laughs> and it looks like some of the barrels haven't even opened yet, so he sent some through prematurely. There's some barrels still closed. I'm like, what's going I love on that. here? I love the very disorganized. I love the sound effect. Oh yes, that, that sound. They Everything, the even the hum when they go in the room at first. Mm. Everything yeah. about that white room. <laughs> it, I think it's an epic scene. I, I think in 1978. 79 whatever when you see this film and they get to their room at the end that's an incredible climax who's who would see that coming i you I can't think it's you can't see anything coming in this film because even when they enter the portal when the lights go out and and, and then they come back on you know reg lights it up mike and jody are gone they're they're all over the place yeah. then, then they kill reggie then reggie gets stabbed to death yeah. reggie dies at the end yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what is weird is there's one point i think at the end where uh, the uh, the woman tries to stab Jody, but why at this point would she turn? Why would the tall man turn back to seductive woman mode? At this point, the the gig is Come up. On. Okay, <laughs> I guess. Okay, because it just seemed weird at that point. There's no I point. Know, it at does. this point, there's no point for seduction. It it's do or die. <laughs> it's very unsettling. It's like a bad nightmare. This whole film. Yeah, What's it? I think it's it was just, imagination. It's... Imagination over sensical plot, uh, and the plot makes enough sense within the world that's created and presented to us. And I think it was just a lot of just sheer giddiness and imagination. You could tell that they wanted to entertain and they wanted to, to show us something that we hadn't really seen before. And again, I give that a lot of respect. Some people will, will like that more than others. I, you know, this, this movie's all over the place, but I think it's, it's rather loved by horror fans. But non-horror yes, fans, yes. non-horror fans yeah. just don't get it. It's like they open it up. They open. They, they turn the movie on. They're like, "What are we watching here?" They've been. They feel like they've missed chapter one, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's... it's tough watching this film over and over and and trying to overanalyze it because you can, you can drive yourself nuts with it, and and maybe you can make it make more sense, but you don't need to to enjoy it because the characters are enjoyable. I mean, they're so likable. You're rooting for them. Like you said, the tall man is iconic. Yeah, man. And he's scary in this. Like he chases. He, he chases Michael. Like he's <laughs> in that mort- in, in the mortuary. He's yeah. running after him and whatever. It's scary when the music kicks in and his hair is yeah. flopping all over the place as he's as he's chasing Michael. It's it's a really scary sequence. And and he he loves also breaking through windows. That's a, a motif the tall man loves to use throughout <laughs> the series as well. And it works every fucking time too. It scares me. Uh, and what about that trap? Like they do kind of boogie. This is why you can tell it's a nightmare because they managed to dig that or that there's that open mine shaft and they managed to, oh, right. to do all that really quite easily. And then, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I know, I know Jody sort of started that avalanche of rocks, but how? Still. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they all happen to land perfectly. The, fucking the, minute, the minute they think of an idea, it's already <laughs> completed and it's done and it's yeah. set up for them. And that's a dream or a nightmare. Yeah, it's, it is. It's all a dream. Yes, so. I agree. It may, well, ultimately, I think when they made this movie, 
it was just meant to be a one-time movie and, and a mind fuck and it's all a dream and that that's the beauty of it and, and the way it ends it's supposed to blow you away and I'm, I'm sure it did when people saw it the first time so yes now what they do with two and three and onward and how they wrap it up in ravager is a different story i think that Coscarelli did have a definite idea that he didn't put into motion until three, but we'll get there and we'll yeah, examine yeah. that a little bit. But that's what I truly believe. I believe two was just a way to follow it up. And the studio said, okay, we'll throw some money at you, do this, this, and this. And why not do it? And so they just kind of did a movie. But I think when they decided to come back for a three, he had a definite idea, but so I, yeah, and I, well, you'll hear my thoughts as well, but I, Good. I agree because this, this movie plays out quite well and I think this is Mike's story I think it's about a boy dealing with tragic death and this is all like a horrible dream that he envisioned which is which is presented to us at the end because Reggie is killed in this dream yet he wakes up from the nightmare and Jody died Jody died in a car wreck we see the scene of him going to see the gravestone and Reggie's watching him now and says it was all just a bad dream and then they put the capper on it because it's a horror film and they wanted to leave you with one last scare before you left the theater. But the dream motif follows the movie, uh, the series throughout till the end. So when part two comes out, which we're going to get to right next, uh, and it falls in the wake of Dream Warriors and, and all the Nightmare on Elm Street, the reality is, remember, this movie did play in the dream realm and the nightmare realm before. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So. Also very, very Evil Dead-ish too. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that too. Part- Part yeah. two, I yeah. mean, insane. It continued on. Reggie yeah. became more ashy. You know what I mean? It became more like that with Very the one-liners. Yeah. yeah, and and that, that it is what it is. It was uh, reminiscent of the times of when it was made. But that's another story. There's two questions I had for you guys. Number one, gravity and heat. When Mike says that, is that you? I'm not a scientist, and I don't claim to be. Uh, very uh, intellectual when it comes to uh, matters such as fucking astrophysics and shit like that. But when Mike, the reason Mike gives for them being shrunken down to dwarf size to be put, you know, to go to the other world is gravity and heat. Does that make sense or is that just bullshit? I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer <laughs> Yeah, it, no, it didn't seem very practical. I'm just assuming like all the shelves in the tall man's world are very low. The shelves are low. <laughs> it's a poor joke. I mean, because these guys can't be working in the supermarket stocking the top shelves. It's not practical. <laughs> this is true. Okay, so gravity and heat was just something they threw in there. Doesn't necessarily mean a damn thing. I just I'll try to just re- I'll cur- try to look it up too. Like if if anything, like does gravity create heat? Uh, and it's too much of information to try to look up right now. That's okay. That, that's well, it must have to do with the gravity and the heat of the tall man's planets. Okay. That's the okay. tall man's planet is like like a fireball. So it must True. be very hot, so being small would be keeping cooler. <laughs> he, gave everyone, he gave everyone a hood. I don't know. And okay. gravity doesn't have to work as hard to hold down a small person as it does <laughs> a big person. <laughs> I don't know. Man, I'll tell you what, these... A lot of que- more questions and answers. I feel like I have when I'm done with these, but still, a classic film. 
Yeah. I mean, they, they, they try to oh. answer certain things, but the answers only like, actually generate more questions. Like, he's, exactly. created, he's created a slave army of midgets for his, his uh, it, for what? <laughs> like, that, they never did get into the. We the have no that. idea why yeah. he creates them. We have no idea what his purpose is, what his end game is. We really have no idea about anything, but we still enjoy it because the characters are fun, the effects are great, the soundtrack is awesome. They do so many things well that you can for, forgive the fact that the plot and, and the story does get very convoluted and become messy. It really does. A little. I, I could pretty much explain. I'm, I'm looking forward to it with the later ones because I, I definitely have some questions or at least want to hear. Yeah, yeah no, I'm <laughs> excited to get into it. And then he hears the girl's voice saying, don't fear, when he's up at the thing. Yeah. I, now I took that on this particular view, is that girl died in that room. So she's reaching out to him and saying she wants to be saved and she's trying to be saved. And, you know, by, by saying don't fear to him, maybe, you know, maybe Mike can do something to, to save us. So, I don't know. It's just something I observed this time about it being her voice and her dying in that room. It might have been a connection. Another thing that also kind of bothers me about this film is that when certain characters die, they don't automatically become minions of the tall man it seems like their souls are still saved somehow whereas we later learn about you know using the the brains for the for the spheres and basically the bodies just as labor and then zombies <laughs> well they play, yeah, yeah and, and, there's and, so and, many things and, and the grave and yeah the grave digging zombies and all that shit yeah right right crazy stuff crazy stuff um, indeed <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. What an amazing film. I freaking... What, what does the tall man have in his hands? One more question. Towards the end of the movie, he has something in his hands when he's at Mike's door, right in the freaking climax of the film. Not the climax, not the very end end. That was <laughs> not his the cock. Very... Not the end end? Not the very end. That was his cock that. in his hand. <laughs> yeah, no, he like, had something in his Come hand. on, me boy! <laughs> <laughs> when he showed up to the house... When Jody was waiting for him before they did the thing with the stones and the, you know, remember when Mike's in the house and, and tall man just shows up all of a sudden and then the, the chase begins, he has something in his hands and I've never known what it is. It's not the knife, right? It's a knife. I mean, no, I knife. thought he just put his hands up. Like it's a kind of a weirdly timed, rah, I'm going to get you. Like he raises his hands when he's at the door. Like, no, he's holding something in the one hand. Well, anyway, it's okay. I'll put a picture up on the group page or something that, or a video of that scene, but. That's okay. I took a shot that somebody might know. So there you go. And uh, the girl kind of looks like Lady Gaga a little bit. And that's okay with me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, <laughs> Doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah. She's hot, man. I like her. Good, and that's good, something about the series. Good poker face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you knew there was going to be a bad poker face joke there. Nice. Nice. That's something the series does good. They have a good way with, with, uh, with females. A lot of attractive females. And we didn't even mention those two. They're only there for a short time, but... Uh, oh, Sally like, and uh, Susie. Sally and Susie. Yeah. Another yeah. thing, because Reggie even references that he rescues them, and he references that he rescues some other girls who were yeah random in the randoms, and he sends them screaming into the woods. Another like thing, scared like, rabbits. You know, yeah, scared <laughs> rabbits exactly. To be wiped on Brandon's ass later. I, was just, <laughs> I wasn't gonna bring it up, but the minute you said rabbits, I immediately thought of that. Is it, you not? Isn't it weird <laughs> that part two decides to take the stance of introducing a whole new girl instead of just using <sighs> this girl instead as the girl that could have grown up and been linked to Mike this whole time? 
Isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> yeah, that's a mistake. You're right. That is it's weird. A, it's not a mistake. It's just a weird, a weird thing. It didn't have to be the same actress, but it could have been the same character. Maybe because she's older than him, and Mike was kind of like five years younger, and they wanted to have him be closer in age. Like, it'd be weird if she was, like, interested in him that way. Oh, the Phantom Maybe. Menace. There you go. No <laughs> shit, the Phantom. Anyway. Anakin. will always be the young Phantasm boy. The Phantasm Menace. The Phantasm Menace. <laughs> Perfect. Perfecto. Stop talking <laughs> immediately. Stop Boom. Talking. <laughs> Ratings. Yeah. That's it. Boom. <laughs> I do fluctuate. About uh, within a full point radius. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I could feel that. I'm pretty damn high on it. I'm pretty damn high. I, I, I was hanging out in, in the nine-ish area here and there, but after watching it a second time and looking at it as an experience with the way it, it looks, sounds, and feels, I have to come in pretty high. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm nine and a half out of ten. Wow. I love this fucking film. Yeah. That's good, man. I'm and I'm. Yeah. I'm just below that at a nine. And okay. I'm just below that at an eight and a half. All right. That's nice. Eight and a half, nine, nine and a half. All and right. that's where I fluctuate all the way uh, between that eight and a half to nine and a half range. I was actually between an eight and a nine. And I just think the the convolution of this of the story, if that's even a word. <laughs> it, it, it is now. It is now. Yes. Convolutedness. <laughs> we create Convolutedness. <laughs> we create the English language in this show. We do's. Yeah. Man, if this story made if the story made sense and was easier to follow, this would be a perfect film. I feel you. And this one's the easiest of them all to follow. <laughs> because at its heart it is a, it's strictly Mike's story about dealing with loss. Yeah. His yeah. parents, how he deals with Jody and he created this whole fantastical world to deal with the loss of his brother. It was the last thing he had. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty great. And who had balls of steel, evidently. Bob! That's my only <laughs> ball joke. <laughs> How much hate yeah. are we going to get for this not being in the Hall of Fame? What are you going to do? Nobody cares. I wish nobody cared. I wish people, you know, enjoyed it, but didn't care as much as they do, but they do. Who cares? No one's ever mentioned the Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't even know what's in the Hall of Fame. See? Nobody even cares to create a Hall of Fame. So <laughs> Our Hall of Fame yeah, is a twenty-eight, right? Yeah, uh-huh. a twenty-eight. Yeah, so yeah, we're at twenty-seven. So fuck off, everybody. We, we try. You know? <laughs> we try. Look at twenty-two shots. Didn't even have, didn't even have Hellraiser in their Hall of Fame for, yeah. for God's sakes. Hey, like, I gave what? Hellraiser the same rating as this. I felt like I had to bring it back down to reality a little bit. Had to drop everything down. It's an eight and a half. It's a great film, but you know, come on. That's what we're here for. Okay, we got to get into part two, huh? Let's do it. Let's- do it after the flips hey paul what i was thinking is that we need to cut a promo yeah i've been working on some ideas it's just i don't really know where to go with it exactly what if i got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script but then i can i can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other 
I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know. That might be kind of too long. So well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. and Yeah. And, yeah. Well, what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, I, we might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and, you know, sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors. And, and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. All right, Phantasm 2 from 1988, also written and directed by Don Coscarelli. Mike, now released from a psychiatric hospital, continues his journey to stop the evil tall man from his grim work. First one I ever saw of the series. And I, the reason that was the case is because the first one was, uh, was rented and this one was available. So I grabbed it with a couple of other horror films and we put this one on. And I instantly loved it. Loved it. And it's aged I, I, very well, in my opinion. It has. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm mixed on this one. Just because of, again, more missed opportunities. I love the opening, the way it sets up with, oh my god, we're introduced to this new character who's got these mental powers to communicate with Mike. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this. you know, Elizabeth, she's a great character. She's had, you know, she's been having visions for eight years and she's drawing the tall man and she knows that he's following her and following Mike, but she's trying to find Mike and they make it, they set it up to be a, a major, a major plot line. Well, supposedly yeah. there's a lot more to it, but then the studios did intervene, but yeah. I, I only heard this like, after the fact, listening to things on uh, uh, interviews and whatnot afterwards on YouTube and stuff, because... I like the way this is presented. I understand that it starts in her narrative, shifts to him, and then Reggie even takes over at one point. So it shifts through three people's narrative as they're writing sort of diaries and whatnot. But what a great way to introduce it. So now the move, the first movie is not about loss, and it's about this boy that had a dream about what happened here. I understand Reggie doesn't believe anything has happened, even though they put on a capped ending that has him as a superhero uh, saving the day. But then I love the link that they do with this girl it's like she's had an experience the same as Mike has, and now they're linked because of the experience. That's where we start with this movie. Convoluted is all hell, but again, somehow makes sense within the realm of a phantasm world. Yeah. But has she had an experience with the tall man prior to this? Oh, she, I, don't, I, I, don't think she, I didn't think she had an experience. She references that she's had visions of him and of Mike for eight years, and that everything that she's been dreaming will become real after her grandfather dies, which is the catalyst to set off what, what goes down, which was shoehorned in. Okay. Here's a, okay. See, I know that you think I'm going to shit all over the movie and I am, (laughs) I absolutely am not. I am not going to, I, I, this movie has its issues, but it also has some good things too, but I'm going to read 
just this little thing about the studio interference, and it all makes sense. Don Coscarelli admits to the following direct influences by Universal during the making of the movie. The illusory style of the first movie was discouraged <laughs> in a more linear plot line with voiceover narrations of various characters was required. So right off the bat, they said, don't make this freaking thing artsy. <laughs> and let's have let's have freaking narrations. Okay. Uh, okay, it's a studio piece, so whether right or wrong, is. I understand. And then it says, no dreams by characters were allowed in the final cut. I know. A, a movie that, a series that excels in dreams and goes all, there's none of that in this film. Okay. A female lead had to be added as a love interest for the character of Mike. They forced <laughs> this freaking character in the movie. Actress Paula Irvine was cast in the part. Okay. None of this, none of this stuff is what Coscarelli wanted. These are all things that Universal made him do for this film. Universal executives wanted to, we all, this is common knowledge, wanted to recast Michael Baldwin and Reggie Bannister because they were unknown and they had not and had been out of the movie business since the release of the first film. Don Coscarelli resisted their efforts and was forced to audition a Michael Baldwin or Reggie Bannister for the opportunity to reprise their roles. In the end, his efforts won him a concession. He was allowed to keep one of the two, but had to replace the other. Coscarelli obviously chose to keep Bannister in case James LeGrosse in Baldwin's place. So I have no issue with this, and I think more people would love this movie if it was the original Michael. Was it Michael A. Baldwin? A. Michael Baldwin. A. Michael Baldwin. A. a Michael Baldwin uh-huh. was in it. Which, Any Michael Baldwin. Any Michael I agree I with you, Christian, because I know even A. Michael Baldwin calls this like the Phantasm film that didn't happen or whatever. He, he doesn't which, even acknowledge this one. Which is unfortunate because it's my favorite one of the series. My absolute favorite one. And I think this could work as a standalone film, even with the two in the title and, and yeah. the, the callbacks to the original. Uh, because I saw this and made my own reality of what the original one was. So then when I saw the original one, I was like, I it was like we're going backwards, going, oh, that's weird, because that's not how I envisioned the first one playing out. <laughs> All right, so, so let me let me ask you something then. How how do you interpret the first one based on what you saw in the second one? Because obviously Mike's been in an institution for seven years. So was everything in part one? They're playing with the dream image, imagery, sorry, and the idea of it's all a dream. Even though it's glaringly added on, I thought they did a pretty good job extending the end of the movie after Michael gets pulled through the mirror, the boy gets pulled through the mirror, and then Reggie hears some noises and runs up to get him. I understand... He doesn't quite run up. He goes to look for bullets for a half hour. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck off! But no, I love he goes, it though. I he goes love there, it. And they do the direct continuation. So I just assumed that was in the first one. You kind of took it how it was delivered to you. So I'm like, okay, he had this traumatic experience. He was put in a psych ward. He's bullshit and saying, yeah, yeah, I'll feed them what they want to hear so he can get the hell out of here. And then goes out and Reggie comes to pick him up. And Reggie, even though they. That whole end part that they capped on with him fighting all the dwarves and whatever like that, yeah, he's he supposed to be happened. part of the dream, an yeah. extension of the dream, because he's Reggie straight out says it didn't happen. Yeah. And then the only reason he believes him is because he calls out the fact that this family is going to die in that big house explosion. And I listened to the Silicon crew. You guys made some valid points. It takes nothing away from my enjoyment of this. I thought this one kicked into high gear right away. I thought this constantly had the gimmicks that were kind of introduced in the first one and a faster pace as well. Yeah. Really? And much more yeah. linear. The minute the house blows up, 
I mean, th- that's the funny thing about Reggie's character. I mean, he's he's very comical, but he, you know, even in his uh, voiceover narration, he says, you know, that was the point where I was t- I wasn't gonna question Mike. I was on board with killing the tall man. Yeah. Like instantly, he let his friend sit in a mental institution for seven years, but. <laughs> The minute his family was killed, that's it. He's on board. <laughs> well, like, yeah, and you guys pointed out, and again, I'm, I'm calling back to another show, so I'll say maybe some viewers point out the fact that, what, Reggie just knows what graveyard Mike's going to be in and says, I thought I'd find oh, you here. Come on back to the house. Sorry. we got some food for you. I yeah. don't care. It worked. I never questioned it, maybe because I saw it when I was, like, 15, 14, 15. Well, I gotta, that well let me ask you something. I don't know why I'm asking questions on this. I could just be saying stuff, but uh, I'm assuming that that was – Morningside, or whatever the town that Reggie lived in. I I love the setup here. I really I did, do. I didn't. I did too. I did. Too. I, I came to the conclusion this time that whole thing about him being in the graveyard. Yes, it must be Morningside. I I assume that Reggie probably knew the day that Mike was going to get out. Exactly. Exactly. Probably went there and waited for him, I suppose. It's definitely in the realm of possibilities. So I have forgiven that. At the time, for whatever reason, last time I reviewed it and, and was the first time I seen it in years, I thought that was kind of silly. No, that's fine with me. I'm fine with the um, where they went with everything being desolate and the tall man wiping out these towns. That's all cool. My big major problem, which hasn't gone away, is really the whole the psychic link and, and the shoehorned character of, of the Mike and the girl thing. It, it's it's unnecessary. It just could have been Mike and Reggie. Let's go fucking let's go tree. get the tall man. Uh, <laughs> let's go I, get this I, You know, I would have a feeling that that you would like this one the least, Dave, simply because it plays out more like a an action horror. It does have a lot of Evil Dead feel to it. But uh, you know it's so silly with with the uh, this is the one where the ball cam is crazy like uh I like that though I like the aspects of the spears and and, and how we made some leaps and they have different spears doing different things my only complaint about those spears is at the end when that one when the when the ball has the infrared when it has the red thing and, yeah, and like it's scoping for them it's a cool it's it a cool like scene a lightsaber. Do yes, it does sound like it, <laughs> and it's badass, and I love it. The only problem I have with it is that it's looking for them and can't find them. It sees a rat, and it freaking blasts the rat. Well, if you have the ability to shoot, why don't you just shoot the people when you see them? Wow, I mean, yeah, exa- <laughs> again, silly. yeah, it, it is silly, but I mean, yeah, you can always question. I mean, I remember Roger Ebert, Cisco Ebert hated this movie. I think they called it like one of the worst of the year. I don't, I don't get it. Like, there's some craziness within, but I, the way it's presented, I, I had no problem digesting this the first time I watched it or the twenty times thereafter. I've seen this movie probably way more than I should have seen it. Yeah, there, there are questions. Like, there, we do, they, we cut to different characters for, uh, like a tougher. Like, we cut to the priest when he's at home, damn this wind, that part. And uh, when he sees yeah, dead grandpa, and that's the setup just for dead grandpa to visit him. Why is dead, dead, gra- why is dead grandpa visiting him? <laughs> you can have that question out there. That's just there for a scare. Whether you like the lead up to that, whether it makes sense in the big picture, it really, uh, well, I don't want to say it really doesn't matter because from a filmmaking standpoint, it's got to be sensical. But I will say, for this series, you really do have to check a lot of that at the gate for enjoyment of these movies. Look, the priest believes that by stabbing the dead body, yeah. it's not going to come back. And then, of course, it does. And I, the the, <laughs> the best part with the priest, though, is... Amazing. 
is when the tall man says to him, you think when you die, you go to heaven? You come to us. Yeah. It's great. That's such a fucking... That's a great line. Whew. That whole scene is fucking... Is, is the shit. Freaking yeah. being hung by the freaking... The crucifix oh, yeah. And, yeah. and pulling him up and it's ear being sliced off and then the death of him. I, that whole sequence is some of the best stuff. And I agree with what you said. I just think that there's more unnecessary things in this one than in... Than in the others. That's all. Like they, they could have done without the girl and, and the grandpa and the guy coming to the door. And, and they could have just had a priest in a mausoleum and them hunting him down. And it would have been a shorter running time. Sure. I just, it just, that stuff just was very unnecessary. But there are still, like that scene with the freaking priest. Stop it. Stabs the freaking, that is the, the funniest part <laughs> of the whole series. That is my type of humor. Just, could you imagine this woman seeing that happen? Yeah. But why doesn't she call the cops on him? Why is it just okay? She just goes home. Oh well, the guy that, is just, that just plays into yeah. the dream, the dreamlike <laughs> feel of this franchise because everything is so dreamlike. Nobody reacts the way they're supposed to. Who goes to a funeral where there's nobody there? It's like she faints, and that was enough to explain it. I'm not saying it's right, but she faints. Maybe it was all her dream, and, and whatever. That's exactly oh. Brandon's right. I, it, it, and this could be considered a cop out. But because of the way it's presented, because of the setup, now I, I, I'm now using the first one as a crutch, even though I saw this one first, as I, I mentioned, but I'm using part one as a crutch based on the fact that it introduced the nightmare motif. This one follows suit and presents the whole movie as sort of uh, another another nightmare world, a nightmare world where you could have this guy destroying town after town and digging up corpse after corpse and leaving cemeteries dry, yet no cop seems to be on hot on the trail of the tall man. It's just Reggie and Mike and the psychic link to Lisa. Lisa. I'm okay yeah. with all that except yeah. the psychic link stuff and that character being involved. And and no one had – I didn't know for a fact until today that that was studio that made them put the girl in there. But to me, it, it, every time I see it, it always seems shoehorned, and I never quite understood the, the need for it. Reading that, now, now that makes sense. So, I mean, what can you do? You can't blame Don Coscarelli for it. You can blame Universal, fine, but just little things like that. But you say nightmare, and that's the right word because that scene is 100%. It's Freddy, but it looks like Chucky. That part when you see the freaking tall man come out of that girl in the mausoleum, the fake out. That that scene is disturbing to me because just the the fact it comes out of her back. It's it's crazy. Dude. It's crazy, but but coming off of part one and watching one and then going right to that, it's such a change in tone that it's a little bit jarring for me. I think that's what it is. And I'll tell you, I'll say it at the end of the show again. I I can watch Phantasm 1 any time of the day, week, year, any time. I can just watch that movie as Phantasm because I love it. But if I'm going to watch part two, guess what? Uh, This is going to have to be a series that I watch one through five every time i get sucked into the world and i and and i love it and seriously i'm 100 percent in this is something i'm gonna have to watch every couple of years because because i'm completely on board in this franchise now i love being in that world for a week and just watching them all but going from one to two it was quite the change of tone and like i said it's a little bit jarring for that reason it's true and there are people that hold this one as the best like me I know. and then there's other ones that that just think it, it doesn't hold a candle to the original and i'm yeah. okay with that i'm i'm okay with that but i just happen to fall in that in that 
the camp of part two being this more. And if you guys are into this movie by at all, check out YouTube. Someone has uploaded all the behind the scenes footage. I'm talking about really shitty VHS cam from back in the day, but like, it's like two hours worth of behind the scenes. They show the ear getting chopped off by the priest. They show them doing the, 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 the thing coming out of her back, all on set behind the scenes, video footage of it. Fantastic. I watched almost all of it last week. Fantastic. Yeah. (laughs) I never understood why nobody ever tries to get out of the way of the sphere. I think it's just so cool. You're like, is that a fucking sphere coming out of me? (laughs) By the time you're like, it is, it's in your fucking head (laughs) at that point. This one comes fast too. This one, uh, this one suffers. (laughs) I think both times the sphere gets someone in the head. They jerk the thing back that you can actually see. Yes. The blade shift across the head. It happens. Uh, um, I think both the priest and Agnes scrim at the end when he gets a taste of his own medicine. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it's cool. And the stuff they do with the balls is great. I like that coffin that they have and you see the three balls, the three spheres in the coffin, that little mini coffin and yeah. then they come out. That, that's pretty yeah, cool. Like, yeah, I, I they didn't gave him an introduction. That, cool. We know it's a Phantasm movie. You're like, are they going to have the balls in this one? And then suddenly the spheres story and then suddenly they get their own little fucking introduction. Like a superhero. Cool. But why back, does the boom. priest introduce them? Uh, I think he, he's like, what is in here? And then he touches it. Right. And, and then, but it's he, so, oh he God, runs away. So and then it, it, uh, Agnes Scrim, he gives it a little like, eh? a little nod of his head. And that thing opens up and then yeah. the sears get released. But let's get back to, we've skipped a few things because I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for grabbing hardware scenes and getting ready oh, sequences. Hell yeah. And this one has a fantastic grabbing hardware. I don't care if it makes no sense that they decided to break into this place, grab a bunch of shit, make a four-barreled shotgun, and okay. just, just make a, make a flamethrower. <laughs> I don't care if that took like five hours and they could have waited to open that. It happened. They went in. They did what they needed to do, and then they wanted to show that they were good guys by throwing some cash under the, the register. It's going to take years <laughs> to hunt nice. down this one man who's clearly just going from town to town, cemetery to cemetery. It's going to take them years to find this guy. Well, it was six months yet, in the narrative. But yet, they are so brilliant, they can make all these beautiful weapons. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that's why they need the psychic link. It's like, oh, Liz, Liz is bringing us to uh, to Paragold, to Paragord, whatever the hell the name of the town yeah, was. Yeah, Paragold. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's weird. Why is Reggie so good? He's an ice cream man. Why is he so good at constructing things? Mike gets all kinds of props throughout the series. Just because he knows how to fix a, a, a motor. I guess that means he, he's, he's MacGyver, too. You well, know? He, well, he was doing the bullet thing at 13. And he did the bullet thing, right. So I guess it, it makes a little sense with him. With Reggie, it's just kind of like, well, okay, we want to have a, an Ash character because of the year that we're in. And we're going to be like Evil Dead and we're going to be like Nightmare on Elm Street. And, you know, they, we want an icon for this, we're gonna make this into a franchise. We have an icon. We have a tall man. Let's do it. So they did. You know. So you you don't like the fact that Liz is in this at all, and I I kind of like it. Doesn't make a bit of sense to me. But I don't like the fact that ultimately it becomes a throwaway character. Yeah. Well, they all do. Every every female except one in this gets killed or becomes a minion. They all become but, throwaways. Yeah, which makes sense, but not in Elizabeth's case. It feels You're like right. it was it could, because you said it was forced in, and when. Coscarelli got control of the of the series again. And he went back to what he wanted to do. He was like, "Fuck her, right? We don't we don't need this, right?" <laughs> I'm glad he did that. I do like when she encounters tiny grandma. Though. He he does that with his own shit though too. 
And and I'll explain that uh, from the link from three to four even. But I mean, like sometimes things just don't work out, or they they just don't need it because you're focusing on these characters or whatnot, and that's all that, mm-hmm. and that's all that matters. But uh, it's unfortunate because from the series standpoint, this actually seems like the redheaded stepchild. But, you think uh, so? People love this. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that, though, because but in if if you look at it from from the people that have made them, from the the whole universe, fans may gravitate towards one and two or two and one, depending on the fan. But then I think Coscarelli and whatever would like to it to go like almost like from one to three to four to five. I do like how they Good. always use the footage from this one, but never show Mike's face. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, I the, know. The walk into the graveyard, the overhand choice. And I have nothing against Green, James O'Groll. I actually don't think he did a bad job in this at all. And I, when, I agree. I think he, he was fine for what it needed to be. It, it was better than... He might have been the best Mike. <laughs> he might have been the best acting Mike. I'm not going to lie. And we, you know that Brad Pitt was up for this role, eh? Right, I know. Isn't that know, hilarious? Yeah, instead, instead, I think he did cutting class that year. He did that freaking slash. What's in the ball? What's in the ball? Oh, shit, that's in the ball. It's grandma's brain. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Sorry, grandma. Is Kimmy sexy as shit or what? Alchemy. Alchemy? Oh, my God. Kimmy, for sure. Oh, Kimmy. I love her. Oh, my gosh. Although... They're, yeah, they're both sex. The the blonde girl is too. Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love but, Kemi though having sex Kemi. with Reggie. She's like, I love your head, and she's just yeah. like yeah. riding him like a fucking animal. I'd be like, Kemi, do you mind taking your panties off? <laughs> <laughs> what do I got to take them off with my teeth like Jody in part one? Right, that's what he's waiting for. <laughs> that's the way they do it in these films. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Another thing you knew it's a dream. Reggie that's doesn't what, get the girl. <laughs> gravers. They call them gravers in this one. The guys with the oh, really? the guys with the really? uh, the uh, gas masks. Gas masks, yeah, Great. yeah. Are they human or are they not? They look like the freaking people. They look like the people on Halloween three. The freaking the guys that work at the the robots. They look like, like they've been drained of blood. Yet you know they haven't been drained of blood because when the balls get to them, there's a lot more <laughs> blood inside of them. Right. <laughs> but they've like they're yeah. white. They're devoid of any like sort of color. Uh, Do they all look the same, or is it me? Or are they just all well, that's very have, like, racist. They did. They did kind of look alike. The two white guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. Do I thought yeah, it was like Halloween did. three, like they were robots. You know, I, I think like... one. I think one of them was the fire chief from Halloween because he was talking to himself. How about this for a, a glaring big mistake? The fact uh-huh. that the tall man is all powerful, can't be killed. You can't get ahead of him. You, he's just. He can do anything, but yet he can't control his spheres to only kill the people he wants. The spheres are just always killing his people. They're trying to kill him. It's like, Uh, dude, those are brains in there. They're brains in there. It's like... Not yet. Not yet. That's a plot device from fucking... Oh, we'll get to three. That's fine. See that? But you know what? It's like, yeah, don't you think that the tall man sends these spheres out? How he would they just then when they come back, then when they turn around and come towards him, he's like, "Oh fuck, fuck, fuck! What did I do?" <laughs> and Mike is so confident about it, he's like, "Here, suck on this or something." He says, and he rips it out and he throws it. He knows it's gonna freaking go with all man. Well, like uh, how, how would you even assume that? I think I'd be afraid to touch it that it would turn around and come back to me. <laughs> if I'm in that situation, if you guys are in that situation, would you pull that ball out and throw it at the tall man and think it's gonna go at him, or would you be afraid of that of that spear? I wouldn't touch it. No, me neither. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even I mean, know what I'd do in the situation because it's so fucking ridiculous to think of. But 
I just love the fact that these balls have like like this this one has like blades and like a flying queen's yeah. She calls it like I, I laugh every time. Yeah, she says like, it. Like, yeah. They, they are cool. Lightsaber. Oh, it's crazy. It's sweet. and thinking of Halloween again. This reminds me of Halloween too. And and again, they continue on with this. And that's what I love about this series is that one movie ends, and then they pick it up right where the last movie ended. Brilliant. Why can't all franchises do this? I don't know. But yeah. that's what's special about this franchise. Great. But they, they do the Halloween 2 trick in, in, in two different ways. One, they pick right up from part one, and, and, and they continue. And two, they use this, they use a similar score, but they put a different spin on it. It's more like an overproduced version of the Phantasm. You know you know still, how they do Halloween 2. But I, you're right. It, it's, it's, it's got a little bit be, a beat to it, almost. Yeah. Instead of but just... It's not, the simple, the simplified version. As a whole, nothing touches what they did in part one. Remember in part one, they had the funeral music and they had all different things. And the movie begins and you hear that noise like, oh, they do, they do like spooky <laughs> things. But and they, as soon as part one ended and part two came on and the, the, the series never did those type of things again. They just, they were just like playing off of the original, uh, you know, theme. I feel like yeah. you're about to hum the Beyond soundtrack when you do huh. It is kind of like that. Yeah. You guys yeah. caught the Sam Raimi joke in joke? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I'll go was, I thought further. that was hilarious. Well, it's, and it's you were Sam mentioning Raimi. you were mentioning the connection with Evil Dead Two and, and Phantasm Two, and I think that there's a great thing to be said there because they came out within about a year of one another or whatnot, but mm-hmm. they both had that vibe, which I always call like almost like a remake sequel. And they are sequels, but it's almost like a souped-up version of the first movie. And that's why I think Phantasm 2 kind of works on that. uh, Yes, they're using direct footage from the other one to help link it and and to sequelize it. But for whatever reason, it just seems like a souped-up version of Part 1. And And a more comical version. And again, and as a more more comical, but I I don't mind that. Whereas Evil Dead does that as well. And there's, again, Evil Dead's very divided amongst fans, too, of uh, do you like part one or do you like part two better? I happen to be very even with those ones as well. I like them both. But I can understand why someone would, uh, you know, take the straight horror of part one, even though I still don't think the first one's straight horror. It's a cartoon in, unto itself as well, just not to the extent of part two. But we're not talking it was about that still... series now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it crazy. Was humor in part one. There, there, there was some weird humor in part one, but it was more of a, a charming humor. It was different. What they did in this one, and I'll point out one scene in particular, because the tall man picks up Elizabeth and and freaking throws her, and she goes like super high, like way up in the mausoleum. It was like when freaking Freddy threw Jason. It was ridiculous. And then she falls down. And then a minute later, we oh, see God. Grandma Dwarf. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Grandma. It yeah. was just, it was a little, it was a little shark jumpy to me. That was, with, with that was an old time joke, but hello again. How about when he, and how about, when, how about when he bitch slaps uh, Reggie? <laughs> right. Oh, it's great. And he goes he into the world. Slaps. That was so comical. Oh, that backhand great. he does. See, I can accept that little bitch slap. That was just, a, it wasn't too ridiculous. He didn't go flying fucking 20 feet, like, like, you know, or up in the air like Elizabeth did. The graver, you know? the mortician, the other graver guy who uh the balls came through the door got his hand he cuts his hand off then it picks him up he's like oh this is fantastic i i find the pace of this movie it's very fast paced i i i don't know how anybody can disagree with that i, I it just clicks along and the, the logic gaps 
only work because of, again, being thrown into this phantasm world. Cop out or not, it works for this series. I feel like this one's slow at the beginning, but then once they eventually meet up, it just it's really fast-paced from that point on. It's a third act movie. I love the third act. I'll give it that. It's one of the best acts of, of the whole thing. They, they ramp it up, and it's a lot of fun, and you get to see cool stuff and good gore, and the spheres doing different shit. And, the chainsaw and it, fight. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, chainsaw fight. It's interesting. It, it's it clicks along. You know that it just takes. I'm just a little put off by by, by some of the comedy and by the the psychic link type stuff. Sign of the times. But, unfortunately. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that was studio interference in that regard necessarily. I think that was just a sign of the times. Thank you, Freddie. But the the fact that he gets to shoot that gun, he second guesses himself. Says, ah, fuck it, I gotta shoot that gun. Love it. It's a hero moment. I loved it. Now let me ask you this: shoot away the dwarfs seeing their faces. Do you like it, or do you like it when they were kept under wraps like in part one? Because I think it's something that progressively. I hate to say it. It progressively got worse with each, with each film from two and on, where every single time you saw them, you had to see their whole face. I think they overkilled. I thought, you know, like they made a point to always show you their face. Wouldn't it have been better if sometimes you saw their face and sometimes wouldn't they were a little bit scarier when they were just these hooded creatures running around? Uh, I don't mind it. Yeah, I, admittedly, I don't either. Okay. That's fine. I just I prefer maybe grandma. Maybe grandma was mysterious. a little dick, but <laughs> that was ridiculous. And like the way the guy looked in part one, their friend that died when they first see that he's a dwarf, that looked fucking scary and disturbing. The way they progressed in here, they look like something that would be in like rubbery Lord yeah, where of the did Rings. He, where did he even go, little Tommy? Because he put him in the ice cream truck and then he gets out. I don't know. They should have brought him back for Ravager. Yeah, they, they should have brought little Tommy back for Ravager. <laughs> Oh, little Tommy. They brought well, back Tommy I, Jarvis for this one because Mike LaGrosse kind of reminds me of fucking Tommy Jarvis in part five. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I don't yeah. know about uh, Kimmy being um, the evil one at the end. The only reason I, I don't mind it is because we're bringing back a little bit of what the tall man did in part one using right. the image of a pretty girl to seduce and ultimately trick and yep. kill. And in this case, at the end of part two, Reggie's dead, or is he? Again. Because no, they do a fucking yeah. cliffhanger ending yeah. that at the end of this one, though, he's fucking dead in the road. Dead. And then he pops Actually, up like, huh? I had a rough day today. And, and he's like all like, uh, dusts himself off and he pops up in part three and then kills a bunch of more dwarfs. But we'll Actually, I have no issue with Kemi being our our bad guy at the end because Mike is having the visions of her. Mike also has the visions as well. So he's having the visions of her. He sees her dead. So he's basically getting warnings that they're about to meet right. one of the one of the undead. He but he never, she's he never... real. She's real. That happens at the very end. That's like a, a, a last-minute trick by the tall man. You guys don't think that, that, that Kemi is, is uh, one of his minions from the beginning, do you? No, no. I think that was a trick. Not. No, no. I, I, I agree. Her. Yeah. I think she was probably turned when she left to go help them. Well, I'll tell you why she wasn't. Because she was getting angry. Remember when she left and she had a jump start? She, she was getting angry because the one car wouldn't start. And later on, she got into the hearse. And then she had to jump start it. And then she was on her way. She was showing feelings of being human. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think sometime, I think it was a last-minute thing by the tall man. Because you think he got defeated. You know what I mean? And he had this one thing to do. And 
somehow he friggin he did it. And he but you know what? She's very she's very unaware of what's going on. You notice she's she kind of doesn't even realize how long she's been gone. You know, she comes back to town and she immediately she seems very confused. So she she might have been under somewhat of a spell. But I don't think, think she's so? I don't think she's fully evil until after they leave her to go fight the tall man. But and then she you see her trying to get in the car and, and go help them. And somewhere along the way he must have gotten to her. Yeah, that's how I look at it. Yeah. Because yeah. she was too crazy to be to be uh to be not a person. <laughs> but it makes but it can make sense the other way too, because in part one, you know, the lady in lavender is sleeping with Tommy and in this one she, she's sleeping with Reggie. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Do you guys notice that the uh, the dwarfs were saying "ow, ow" when they were being hit in the freaking beginning? <laughs> it was ridiculous. Did you guys pick up on that? I did like not. In the very, I thought in the it was just beginning. like sound effects of them getting hit. No, they were saying. I was watching that. My wife pointed out. She goes, she goes, was well, that dwarf saying "ow, ow" like a person? <laughs> and I said, oh, let me rewind it. My wife always. The few times she watches shit with me, she always comes up with these great observations. She should podcast, I'm telling you. But anyway, I freaking I had to rewind it and watch it again. And then I watched the movie a second time. It was clear as a bell because I, I had, you know, when you know something's there, it changes. But in the beginning, after Reggie does that thing and they're in the kitchen and he's freaking, I don't know, I don't know what he's hitting. I think he's beating yeah. him with a shotgun. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. It's going, ow, ow, like a person. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Well, dwarfs have feelings too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I don't think you can call them dwarfs. I think you have to call them midgets. Yeah. <laughs> it's reversed in the tall man world. <laughs> Nothing makes right. sense in the tall man's world, but I enjoy the tall man's world. I do too. And I like one more thing about this film. I like the fact that we get alien type shit. For the first time, when freaking they're in that final showdown, and that thing comes out of his head that looks like a tentacle. Yeah. Again, That's, again, something that makes cool. you know makes no sense because it's never it's alien. It, yeah, but it's never brought up or brought back to again, and it's just one of those things where okay, it's his world; he can do whatever he wants. He could take any form he wants. Fantastic. I'm not. I'm not I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I did like the effect, but I'm just saying at that point, I'm like, oh, okay, like, why this now? I like it because he's referred to as an alien. And we oh, yeah. He's clearly an alien. I mean, his fingers turn time, into flies. His fingers time. live on and he turns into flies and shit and fucking crazy as Brandon, shit. as Brandon says, though, I could see this. You coming into the series and just watching this one, you might be like, what? There's nothing explained here. There's really nothing explained. It's just it's another chapter in the series, but I'm I'm totally cool with that. But again, it's the way the movie's presented, the fact that I actually care about these characters. I actually find that I care about the characters. They set them up enough that I actually care about them making it to the end and surviving. And when Reggie gets attacked at the end, I actually was upset. Reggie's a That's very likable guy. He's that guy next door. I mean, he's kind of like, he's an everyday guy. I love the yeah. fact that we're always, you know, referencing that he's bald and middle-aged. Yeah. Like, he's like, thanks, he's Mike. Like, thanks, thanks, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't have enough shit going on. My family was just blown up. Tell, remind me that I'm middle-aged and bald. <laughs> and an ex-ice cream vendor. <laughs> yeah. But, but he's likable because of all that, yes, because he he's so flawed, but he thinks he's such a ladies' man, but he's always striking out with the girls <laughs> or sleeping with girls who turn out to be men. <laughs> but who hasn't am i right <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right <laughs> should we rate this sucker absolutely doesn't matter I'll, I'll just say uh six and a half 
six and a half out of ten for me. I'll, it's I'll not go so next. bad as it seemed. What did you think coming into this, based on what you heard me say on Skeleton Crew and what I've said in the past? I thought what you'd you be like a, a seven at least. Okay, and that and that's where I'm at. I I, I could even go up as high as a seven and a half, but I'm I feel more comfortable coming in at a seven right now. Am I'm at the most realistic out of the three, unless you're ja- unless you're Jamie, because I know Jamie uh, loves the first one so much, and and she thought this one was kind of poo poo, but I'm at uh, nine point two five. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ooh. I just created that rating. Yes, you did. This is the best one of the series, in my opinion. It has everything you want from a Phantasm movie. It might not be as subtle uh, as the first one. Uh, you definitely need to see the first two, no question. I think you could completely skip two. Uh, I shouldn't say that. For the narrative of the story, I think you, I, I think two is the only one you could go without actually seeing. You're absolutely from, correct. However... Okay. Thank you. Okay. You're correct. And and that's okay. why I'm saying I think from the filmmaker's point of view, they, they say two's the redheaded stepchild, even though it's loved by fans. But this is my favorite. Yeah, hey, fair enough. Right on. All right. So that's Phantasm Two. <laughs> <laughs> you know how funny, like I mean, we're talking about how confusing it is to keep track of them. At least I mentioned that earlier. The description for Phantasm Three on the B is Mike and Reggie continued to hunt the mysterious tall man. Done. That's that's cool. literally how these movies are all pretty much the same in terms of what the plot is and how confusing they become once we start analyzing them. Well, this one to me, well, let's get right into it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's Phantasm 3, Lord of the Dead from uh, 1994. Lord of the Dead, which is not said anywhere except on the, the DVD poster <laughs> art or anything else. It's right. not in the movie at all. Uh, I like how they changed it in part two, the way Phantasm looked, and that continued in two, three, and four. There was like a new font in the beginning of the film and and the light and the way it comes in the credit. It's cool shit. I like that. It was Courier New. Courier (laughs) New. Thank you. Yes. I was going to drop a Helvetica joke, but I think I used one about five episodes ago. So as we mentioned, now the real Mike from part one is back. He's back in. He's playing Mike. He's playing what is he doing? Dave looks like he's bending over, ready to take some clock in there. I got to plug in my, my battery's dying. Hold on. Okay, hold on. We'll wait for you then. Fucking guy. Hey, everybody. This is Tim Dorn. My name is Gareth Evans. Hi, I'm Nacho Vigalondo, director of Time Crimes and Open Windows. Hey, this is Graham Skipper. Hola, soy Macarena Gomez. Hello, this is number one New York Times bestselling author Scott Sigler. Yo, monkeys, it's me, D.D.P. And you are listening to The Little Pod of Horrors. Which, as you know, is the best damn idea since premarital sex on Halloween. Jason Voorhees! It'll make you come hard and that's not a bad thing that monkey is a good thing you can find the little pot of horrors on simplysyndicated.com and on itunes again i I kind of blew a little bit of my load already talking about it in, in when we're talking about the second one but okay well we now we know mike is back the real Mike yeah. from part one, the real actor that played him as a kid is now back in the role of Mike. So sorry for all you uh, James LeGros fans. He's gone. 
and the the cliffhanger, as I mentioned, of Reggie being dead, left dead as he clawed at the window and fell to the ground. And I love the way they edit the new Mike in to that scene. <laughs> yeah. it, it actually works quite well. And then yeah. Reggie just gets up, dusts himself off, and then goes gets that four barrel shotgun that happens to be at the side of the road now, and then fires it into a tree, and then four dead dwarfs fall out. Four dead dwarfs. Four dead yes. dwarfs. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's a big mistake. There's a big mistake though with this film. At what? the beginning, when they're rehashing, this one shows the origins that Reggie actually blew up the house, and not that his house exploded, killing his family. So it makes it seem like the original ending of part, the original beginning of part two, is what was real. Isn't that, that is it's, funny? You're right. But it do- <laughs> but it does answer. All the now. questions you'll have for the remaining series about the tall man instantly by him throwing away the, you know, hit the dead carcass and a new one appearing in the portal. Yes. That's immediately like, like, okay, I don't have to question the tall man and why none of this makes sense anymore. There's just infinite amounts of them. They're just everywhere. And that's it. And it's easier to just suspend disbelief from this point because if you're trying to make sense like I was, I was, I was getting frustrated. Uh, now I think from here on in, everything does make sense, and it, it specifically because of the explanation in Ravager, which you guys know, I don't want to see too much about it now, but you've heard me say things before, like I, I love when a movie explains other movies in the series away, or another movie prior, that Cloverfield. that's what I like, that's what I like about Ravager, what'd you say, Cloverfield? Cloverfield. Yeah, Cloverfield, uh, Laid to Rest 2, just any any type of movie where I have questions and they're answered in another movie in that series, I have to give it props for that because I don't like having questions at the end of a film. So when a film is made and they're answered, it makes sense. Like, I'll tell you what, the beginning of this film, when you see Mike in the bed, I think that is a tie-in to, to Ravager because the same thing happens. Mike in the hospital bed? bed? Yes. Okay, yeah. I, I think it's a play on it. I Here's what I believe. I believe that part two was studio stuff. And Coscarelli made the film to make the film. And he didn't know what he was going to do. And he did the best he could with the studio involvement and everything else. And then when he decided to continue on to make a three, at that point, he didn't know what he was going to do. He was like, well, I'm going to bring back Reggie because I have this story where it's going to tie in with Reggie. And I'll talk about things in part three and part four that directly – end up referencing what they did in Ravager. There is a precursor to where the series is going. So I I believe that Coscarelli had an idea that began with part three. And one of the things was that, the the beginning scene mimicking what we're going to see later on with Mike in the bed. And do you guys realize that the people in the bed, the guy that um, shines the lights in in Mike's eyes and the nurse are actually freaking, we don't really get a look at, at him, but it's Angus Scrim who's shining a light in his eyes, and the nurse is the freaking the Lavender Woman from part one. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I, yeah. I only knew that, I think, from... I, I I don't know if it was reading up on it afterwards or what, but... yeah, uh, Dave about... just told you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yes, it, It's funny, because I had two and three. I had the first three all on, on laser. And I remember liking this one quite a bit when I first saw it. I thought it was a fairly decent successor to two 
It's my least favorite of the series now. This is one of my favorites. I love a oh. good home invasion movie. Least <laughs> favorite of the series. I don't. I don't like the fact they brought Jody back, but I know why they did. They needed. They wanted to, to cool. make that connection. So there's a bit of a a cool factor to it, I guess. Agnes Scrim is reduced to like sitting in a throne a lot, doing a lot of eye acting. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome though. What that is... makes for a great poster though. Yeah, lots of eye, <laughs> lots of eye acting, and now the magical balls <laughs> have brains in them. It's cool, dude. You don't like that? You don't like more explanation as to what the tall man's doing and how in the beginning he's like front and center and they, they pimp him up? I, I can't. To me, this is like a better version of what part two would have been if they just left out the freaking the girl. It confuses me. Jody confuses me. Now, at this point, Jody is a minion of the tall man's, but yet he's still good? No, 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 no. I don't think he's a minion of the tall man whatsoever. He's a sphere. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, I thought you were saying that he was pretending uh, that he was really working for the tall man, but he was like being a double spy. Forget. Okay. No, okay. no, no, no. I, no I, and please answer me because I'm so confused by this series. Please. While well, the please. heart outweighed the brain, because Mike, as you see, now again, is fighting it for the whole the whole rest of the series when when the tall man gets to him. Yeah, Mike is something special, and we, we see and, and we see that that the tall man has plans for him. So Mike has some type of whatever he has something inside of him that that, that separates him from other human beings. So a Mike man. is special. So a Jody might be special too. So <laughs> because Mike has some type of thing going on, a Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. Oh. I'm never gonna look that. So a Jody is uh, <laughs> he's able to get through because the heart outweighed the brain, I guess, and because Mike's special, so you know. And again, again, when you get to Ravager, you can write this stuff off. <laughs> just again, I'll say it again, just like the end of Slaughter High, <laughs> which I said, that explains the movie. You can say whatever you want to me, but the end explains it, and that's good enough for me. A simple explanation like we get in Ravager is good enough for me. And yeah, at the time, this is confusing, sure, and it's a way to get Joey back in, and I get it. And yeah, it is a little ridiculous that why is Jody able to overpower, you know, the tall man's wishes? That's yeah, more ridiculous a- than the brains and the fucking balls that I get scream as to pet like a little dog on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I think that makes cool. sense that these are controlled by the brains of the uh, right victims that he's killed. You're, you're, you're better just thinking that it's just, you know, uh, a silver sphere. In Although when he crushed that, when he crushed the one, it should have oh. had a brain in it. Oh, yeah. But that was a good scene when he crushed it like a freaking Coke can. That was yeah, awesome. that was in part two, though. That was before he put brains I in know it. that was in part two, but it would have been nice if it bled, and then it would have tied in with this one better. But I like it. I like the brains and the eyes and the embalming. We got some, some... I love... I really loved uh, Timmy and Rocky. Oh. oh. I fucking hated Rocky. Really? What? She's what? the worst actress. The worst I'm, I'm, fucking I'm, actress. What? This movie, this franchise isn't known for its acting, though. I'm I mean, stunned. no, but in the franchise, not known for his acting, she stands out as one of the worst. <laughs> She's the best female character of the whole friggin' series, man. No, yeah, no. I didn't, I didn't think her acting was that bad. I think Jody's acting is really bad. I think Reggie's acting is charmingly bad, though. Reggie's always fine with me. I think Reggie, Reggie's the best. No, actor but, but he's. He's not a great actor, but he's charming. You still like him, though. If you ever, like, if you listen to some of the lines they give, they're, like, cringeworthy, some of the dialogue <laughs> they write for him, but it's so funny and it's so Reggie. Ever try vanilla? That you love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't I Did tell, I tell you? you? Dairy product. 
Dairy products give me gas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> Come on, Rocky. Yeah, her lines annoy me. There's some. Fun, she has some funny lines, but I found her very annoying. And the kid, the kid was kind of welcome. I guess they're trying to bring back that feeling of part one. But this is what I'm saying. Obviously, not a well enough that he came back for any of the other ones. They kicked well, that's that the thing. Another throwaway right the fuck character. out of the series. <laughs> Another throwaway character. But that scene in this house, man, that was cool. It was cool. I thought it was a little bit over the top with the frisbee scene. I could have oh, done without come it. Come on, yeah. Oh, I'd love, he throws love it up it. and it comes right across the guy's neck. And then them coming back as zombies, worst idea in the series to date. Well, Lord of the Undead. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I didn't. I think they were overdone. I was okay that they came back the first time and they were disposed of. I don't understand how they all came back for a second round. That's a complaint. Uh, I, I will give you that, and I will give you a little, uh, like I said, a little bit of the the the, the humor stuff with, with Tim. Yeah, uh, it's you know a little to be desired with the frisbee gag, but aside from that, it just to me it just flows better. I just enjoy the movie as a whole. More than two. I just, oh, I'm, no, I'm I, on board. I, 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 think, I, I think I'm with you, Dave. I think I'm, I'm with just you. on board, right? I, I don't, I can't even explain why, but there's just, like I said, I, I still give it a six and a half part two. There's enough in it that I like it, but I don't have as many complaints about three as I, as I have about two. It's just simple as that. I just, I've got more. I've got, I, cause I, I, I find, I don't like Mike coming back. I actually think he's such a lousy actor. I'm like, I don't care if if he's the guy that played the kid in the original one. No, he's just not good. Why? Oh. Why do you want me? Why? <laughs> You're right. I don't want you. Get the fuck out of the movie. <laughs> Is James will no. grow free? Uh, I laugh oh, every time I see that scene. And Reggie gets his Hemi back. Didn't the fucking Hemi blow up in part two? It, it's a Hemi in every car. Is it oh, in I'll every uh, film? Right, a car blows up every film. A house blows up. Freaking a girl shows up. It it's become it becomes a running gag. Really. That whole yeah. and then the the house scene may be cool, but that it just the movie kind of stops dead for this it gets home confusing. alone goofy part. <laughs> it gets confusing once they're in the hotel, and then Jody has the dream. No, uh, Reggie has the dream, and J- Jody appears to him, takes him to the tall man's lair. They rescue Mike there. Then all of a sudden they're camping outside. I'm like, what the is going on it's literally just dream sequence after dream sequence i don't know what right. the hell's going on well was, uh, to me the the dreams are easy to understand i can tell when the person's dreaming when the person's not what's real and what's not at least i can tell i don't know maybe it took the See, second i, I but... feel like i feel like after seeing ravager like it's easier to just think of everything as a dream and everything is yeah. real because and the thing is they they hint at it here again he straight up says it to him when when Reggie has the dream and he sees Jody, uh-huh. he actually says, "Jody, he, he Jody, pardon me." He asks Jody. He says, "Where are we?" And you know what? You know what uh, Jody's response is to Reggie. You mean when are we? When are we? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> he says, "Where are we?" And Jody says, "Somewhere in your mind." Boom! That's the seed planted right there. We're in your mind, Reggie. The little throwaway line like that. And there's another oh, line in, in Oblivion, yeah. and it all ties into freaking Ravager. That's why I say that th- this was Coscarelli's plan to do it this way. Because why would he say that? Where are we? Somewhere in your mind. I mean, that explains the whole freaking thing, really. I don't know. Yeah. Am I giving you too much credit? I don't know. No, but no. This one, this one explains that the tall man is amassing an army to conquer the dimensions. The brains are harvested to turn 
into the spheres and the bodies are shrunken and turned into drones. Yeah, really, the importance of Mike is the, is the big issue. And I like Mike. He's not important in this, though. That's the thing. They, they bring him back to pretty much get him kidnapped and then show up for the final reel again. I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit. I think he's... He, Much like part two. No, Same Mike's thing. It's, the it's whole a... thing. Mike's throughout the whole movie in part two. And this one, he gets introduced. Why? Why do you want me? Why? Then he goes and then he doesn't get... Re- then you don't see him for half an hour. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm just thinking of them chasing him down. You're right, though. I mean, there's, there is good stuff. Four. Like the ball coming out of the guy's head, the girl's head. And, and certain... I liked those things that... They're more introduction of CG, so the balls now turn, and they they give them a little bit more movement as well. Hey, turning balls, uh, and an exploding head was an exploding head in the exploding beginning. Exploding fucking head, exactly. Boom. I and why is Reggie afraid of that one dwarf? Did you guys notice that one dwarf? This is in the beginning. One dwarf comes out, and Reggie has a gun, and the dwarf comes out, and Reggie turns around and says, "Fuck this," or something, and runs away from it. <laughs> this guy's been handling these dwarfs for movies, and then he has the balls to freaking try to take out four at once in a tree. But, but when he sees one dwarf, he runs away from it. I was like, "Why, why are you afraid, Reggie? What is this? You know, <laughs> maybe because you just came back from the dead? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, this took it back to part one, though. They did things." And the what, part the, cry, threes, the cryogenics? Well, yeah, but I mean, they yeah. See, part threes tend to go back to part one in series, and they do it here again. The cryogenics, they talk about the cold. They, yeah. they add a kid here because they don't have Mike as a kid, so they wanted to have another story about a kid, just like in part one. And then later on, in part one, they cut off his fingers, and it turns into the fly. In this one, they cut off his, uh, what did they cut off? His hands? Yeah, his hands. Yeah. And then they turn into those... Freaking things. That little, that part was cool too. Like there's, again, this one has enough gimmicks in it, but I put this one up as like, you know, probably third in the series before. And on this time through, I was shocked at how much this dropped and how much uh, of non-enjoyment came out of this movie uh, overall, overall. And and in fact, once I watched all five of them, yeah, this came in at the bottom. Rocky bothered me in this. I didn't find her. Oh shit, I love her. Yeah, I, well, wow. of course you love her, but I mean, yeah. No, I I'm like... not even saying that way. <laughs> hey, I just think that's... she's a badass character, and I like I like everything she does, and I like at the hey, end, what? for once in a horror movie, someone has the presence of mind to get the fuck out. She's like, well, sorry, but I don't want to. But I said I was going to do. We beat him. This is too much for me. Fucking peace out. I love that. <laughs> that's great, man. Straight up, I love that shit. Yeah, this that was a better story. that was a better way of writing her out. She's just like, fuck you. I'm done. Goodbye. But she's yeah, not man. Done. Well, well, no, no she's but not that's done, another but... story. <laughs> but that again, that's in Reggie's mind. He wants her there, so there she is. It's it's, it's a, someone that he encountered through this crazy freaking trip he's been on, you know. But I don't know. I, I we'll I get to that part too because that's when yeah. I that's I have some questions there. That's one of my big questions for the fifth. But anyway, yeah, I mean, I like when the tall man gets frozen, the ball breaks out of his head, and then it goes yeah. right through that zombie and clear through. Best part. Yeah. Best part. Yeah, Great cool effect. Thing. Yeah, the surgery stuff is cool. Yeah. You know? Mike, but, and then Mike, when he's forcing the ball in Mike's head. Dude, that's cool. And even earlier on in the movie, the stuff with the nurse is cool. You know, <laughs> when, when Reggie first discovers that freaking Mike, it, it, what's going on with the nurse, and there's some cool shit here, man. It's just, they, they, they just throw in a gag, like, every 15 minutes. I mean, I guess the gangsters are a little bit weird, and that, that scene with Reggie meeting the girl. But, it, again, it's typical. He's supposed to meet a girl. He meets two girls in this one. You know, he meets the one, and then he gets straight jacked, which is freaking funny. He's a little freaking drunk. 
I should have said this one feels flat because it ends abruptly with really no payoff other than Reggie being strung up by a ton of spheres yeah. and that kid reacting and then a boy and then it's done. Yeah, but the fact that they the fact that they go one again. It's a throwback to one, but then they immediately throw it out the window by showing you all these heads on the ground. The fact that that he's escaped the cryogenic chamber, so the cold hasn't had an effect on him. They're back to square one. They're always back to square one at the end of every film. That's okay with me. Well, they do explain why they are, too, as the movies progress. And and I'm okay with that, too. But, yeah, I don't know what it is. This one just felt flat. This time, I, I, when I was younger, I guess there was enough gore and enough gimmicks to keep me entertained. But just watching it again in the flow of the series, to me, funny enough, this one feels the most fish out of water. Interesting. I, I really feel good when I watch it. I like seeing Mike and, and Jody and Reggie together again and how that remains through the rest of the series. It just It's like comfort food. I just, I just, you know, it's the way I feel about the series now, definitely, after watching it three times straight through in the last, like, three years, you know? So, I don't know. But I guess I could see if you're a big fan of two, and you are, how yeah. this may pale in comparison in certain ways. So, another, I don't know. Another want... cool thing, did you guys watch the final credits? It says if you copyright the movie, you'll suffer the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're good. not copyright, but if you infringe on copyright, yeah. I think right. there's a lot of shout-outs to the tall man in, in credits. I just wish I understood what was going on with the Mike stuff. Like, how long does it take for him to, to turn someone into a minion? It seems like he turns a whole town in two seconds, yet he's... What, what are his plans with Mike? What is he because doing? He wants Mike to take over, in, in a manner of speaking, because as we we learn all that in Oblivion. I know, but why is, he ha- why is he having so much trouble? Why is Mike still able to conquer, run away, and, you know, go out to the desert? Have, we'll get to Oblivion and just... Start because working not, on his, his Hemi. He doesn't, he doesn't get him fully. That's why. He's, he's always interrupted before he can finish the uh, the procedure, like the surgery that he was trying to do mm. that was interrupted in this one. And then, I don't know. And he, he needs Mike a certain way. He wants Mike to come to him. And we're, that's next movie. Uh, yeah. I can explain that better. I have some comparisons to that in another another movie, <laughs> actually. It, it's it's actually kind of funny. The, the and the one, and the, to. The, uh, the one scene where... where he tells Tim where Mike tells Tim, you know, of the warning, there are dozens of them or whatever he says to him. Like it makes it seem like it's going to be that much of a bigger deal. But again, it winds up being a throwaway with the way they wrap up this film and then start the fourth. So where would you guys come in? I come in at seven. Yeah. I come in at at the same as two, but I think I might enjoy this one a little bit more, but also a seven. And I came in at a six. Uh, That's not too bad. Yeah. Yeah, No, I didn't. I don't. That's the great thing. I realized about the series this would probably scream when I actually look at the series as a whole, probably are my two most consistent. I wouldn't say favorite because Friday the 13th is my favorite, but there's four movies in that series that I rate pretty low. And this is my right. lowest rated one. <coughs> Bless you. Right. And, Thank you. <laughs> and, and it's funny because two of them, four and five, first time I watched both of them, I was disappointed with both. And they came up quite a bit compared to my first view. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. All right. Jump right into Phantasm 4. I'm really curious to hear the thoughts Phantasm about Phantasm 4 is Oblivion. Came yep. out in 1998. Uh, in this one, Mike travels through time and dimension to find the tall man's origins. Now, we're about due for an origin story, except it's not really an origin story. We just get to see the tall man before he became the tall man for like two seconds, which is like, to me, the most interesting part of the movie. And it's like, okay, now we're getting to something where they're going to wrap up the series 
or where it's going to tie back to. You know what I love about this? The fact that they use B-roll footage and shit that didn't make it into the first one. And yeah. he made a movie from it. So it said, yeah. you know what? We yeah. don't have a budget. How can we further the story? How can we progress these characters and then use the B-roll? So I saw this one in the theater, Fantasia Fest in Toronto. Don Coscarelli was there in attendance. And so I was giddy as shit because I loved Did he all like the movie? Yeah, he thought it was great. Yeah. I, I think when I saw it, I was like, I didn't want to say anything after. I wasn't like, but I was disappointed when I saw the movie uh, because I didn't think it had the the sheer action and all the gimmicks of part two and three. However, it's closer to tone to part one. Yes, and sir. that's why this yes. one is better upon rewatch because the first time I watched this, I probably would have said I give it a five, maybe a five point five, and I came way up and I enjoyed this. A lot more. And after three, I thought this was a huge improvement, which I never thought I would have said. I'm so glad to hear that. And I didn't see this movie until uh, two years ago when we did on The Skeleton Crew. Like I said, I, I watched three for the first time since the 90s, and four and five were first-time watches. And I had always heard people shit all over this film. Everybody. It sucked, it sucked, it sucked. They did this. There's, there's B-roll footage, and the other half sucks. People hated this movie, so I never even bothered to watch it. And then I sat down and I watched this movie and I was like, what the hell is everybody complaining about? I really, I really enjoy this film. And yeah. Alex felt the same way. It was his first time watching it. So I was like, okay, I go, this is interesting. Then in this time watching it again, I watched it twice. Uh, same feeling. I don't know. I think that this B-roll stuff is a gift. I, I think oh, so too, but I, get, oh, I, I thought Brandon was going to disagree. That's why I started laughing because you looked like you're no. in pain from us blowing it. <laughs> no, I love. No, I no, I was just I was just actually rubbing my eyes. Was, but uh, I had read that they had filmed like three hours for part one, so they had so right. much left over. So I, I actually loved it too, and possibly I, a different death for the tall man because that whole hanging yeah. thing looked like it was his original, possibly his original demise or something. And Cut then they me worked down. It yeah, no. It's, Cut me down, I'll go away. No, I promise. <laughs> You're killing the world. <laughs> oh, my God. The, Mike's acting did get even more cringy from three to four. That's why they sent them to the desert to, to work on his car yeah. in this one. I admit. It's cool. It's still cool. It is cool, though. They did the title for part two with the phantasm in the in the yep. in the chrome with the two. They did the title for part three with the chrome and the three. I wish they followed this with part four, but they do deviate from it a bit, and it, it, it's like oblivion. And then, but I do like how they use the four to spell hey. out oblivion. <laughs> it, it, it's like, cool. I thought that was a great little touch for sure. Yeah, it's cool. And it wasn't even going to be called Oblivion. They were talking about this other film called Phantasm's End for a long time. And I remember reading it about it in Fangoria and saying, oh, this is cool because they're actually going to end the series. And I remember thinking it back then, they better do it because Angus Grimm isn't getting any younger. Luckily, he made it to freaking do Ravager. Yeah. But I remember it's going to be Phantasm's End. And then they went, they went a whole different uh, way with it. And it, nothing in that script ended up being maybe uh, very few things ended up being put on on, on on film. But it was written by somebody else. Roger Avery, I think. Uh, the dude okay. that did Pulp Fiction with uh, Tarantino. Wow. Really? Yeah, he was such a Phantasm fan. I think he wanted right. to, whether it was four or if at that point it was going to be five, at one point he wanted to do the final one, but they couldn't get the financing that would have needed because that was going to be a big budgeted movie. Mm, and, okay. and then it ended up going the route where 
I guess the biggest budgeted one is part two at $3 million, which sure. funny enough yeah. was Universal's least budgeted film of that year. <laughs> <laughs> was the biggest there budgeted Phantasm. But anyway, like, I, there's good stuff here. You just have to, it's yeah. not as crazy. It's, it's a little bit more leisurely paced than the last two, but it's a better movie than three in my humble opinion again there's a love for movie making here there's a love for cinema and they're saying how can we work with it how can we use some of our old footage like i know i'm sounding like a broken record i know i just said this but that's what you're either going to love or hate about this movie it's almost like he knew he was going to do this because that those particular scenes that he saved they tie into this film perfectly, like the hanging. That was just smart, how yeah. Mike's going to go to hang himself, and then it's going to flash back to when they actually hung the tall man. So that works out. And the very last shot is kind of brilliant, and I don't know how they pulled it off at the time when they filmed it, because the whole way the film ends with just the wind, it's just the wind. And he was hearing yeah. himself dying. So when they filmed that the first time, what were they even thinking? It, it almost seems like it was like meant to be with these scenes. It, it's so weird, and... And here's yeah, the funny but... thing. They filmed three hours, and a lot of this film was missing for years. And it was it was recovered later on and put in this. So it's almost like they, they like fate stepped in, and they happened to recover just the right footage to make this movie and to make it work. And I, I, I don't know why people uh, complain about it, because I guess I, I'm, I'm a broken record too, but I think it's a gift that they found these things. And it, it returns the, will return to the tone of the first film Yes, it, because yes. we get parts of the first film, but the stuff that's new is also it's it's mellower than two we, and three. It's we not get the emo- we get the emotion of the first film, especially from Mike. You know, he's writing the will to Reggie. You know, he's he's still you know he has no answers as to why the, the tall man has brought him to the desert. You know, he's he's planning on killing himself, but he can't escape from the tall man. And you mentioned Brandon about the stuff with. Agnes Scrim as the doctor or, or the philosopher or whatever. His, yeah, Jeb, Jebediah Morningside yeah. is the yeah. Uh, the. Yeah, and enough. There's just little touches, and I I do think that they were really good. My the the misstep in this movie, like the biggest misstep, is that um, that super Cordell? cop stuff. Cordell is that, <laughs> is that the cop? Cordell, maniac yeah. cop, <laughs> maniac cop. That's you the misstep. I think they they <laughs> wanted to have a little bit of that quirkiness from the third yeah, one Reggie, come in Reggie one-liners yeah but it didn't need it that was the the biggest misstep I'm not saying this is nearly as successful as the first movie I'm just saying that no. it was great to get that vibe and that feeling back and, and that b-roll and alternate takes and everything was uh definitely definitely helped but there's a lot of fucking footage yes and it and it plays beautifully and I, I can't get over it but aside from that I got to say, I love the beginning. Again, Tall Man is front and center, but they do more. They have a cool-ass montage, and they they showcase the Tall Man. They give him like a freaking Darth Vader entrance. Yeah, you just like that he ran over the dog. (laughs) That was funny. Okay, now meet me on that one. Tell me that's not a funny dog kill. That's a great dog kill. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. Some of them work. That just shows what an asshole he is, and it's a tongue-in-cheek thing. Like, this guy's such an asshole, he's just going to kill a dog. That's just 
to me, that, that that's where a dog kill was funny. That's where it works. But him, when they show him walking down the corridor with the freaking the balls on either the spheres on both sides of him, walking with him, oh. that's a badass intro. It's like Great. Vader, and it's like yeah. Emperor Ming dun, and Flash dun, Gordon. Dun, 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 dude. <laughs> dude, great freaking... They really pimp him up, and I, I'm just, like, fist-pumping. I'm like, there you go, the tall man. This is fucking badass. <laughs> seriously, I... The balls were originally supposed to be resting on his chin as he walked down. <laughs> yeah. I refrained from sphere ball jokes, but you didn't have to. Sure. Uh, Mr. Balchinian over here. Dr. Jebediah Balchinian. The other focus... <laughs> and it picks right up again. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Give it and... props. Picks right up. <laughs> They, and we get to see a kid die. And do you guys know... Should have been the kid from part three is what it should have been. They were going to show him die. And um, it got cut or something happened. But they, they, a dwarf was going to be freaking eating him. And that's how they were going to start their first movie. So Yeah, that would have been cool. A, we a did kid forget, and a dog we, die. We did forget minutes. that they they <laughs> ate the girl's face for part two at the beginning of part three. That part Great. I forgot. That was yep. fucking... That was almost like a punch to the gut. Like you survive yep. part two only to get your face eaten part three. <laughs> Funny. And then the tall man's just carrying her head around. <laughs> oh yeah, that was great. See, that was beta. That was Coscarelli saying fuck you. It was like it was like when they took Jar Jar Binks out in Revenge of the Sith. They're like, okay, we're just gonna show up for two seconds, fuck off, you're out. That's, now, that's I, don't, like a... I don't get what's going on with Mike and Jody in this one. Is it simply the fact that Mike is now obviously transforming as to why he ultimately tries to kill as it, why he kills Jody? Now, see, now the Jody thing—that is the one, uh, the one issue with this film that I don't really Which understand. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just a way to get Jody in, and there are some cool scenes, and I'm glad he's there again. But it's all of a sudden we find out that he's working for the tall man, or is he? And they go with that whole back and forth, and whose side is he on? That felt a little unnecessary, but again, I'm glad Jody's there, and it, it was a way to get him in the film. They have, the way they have I, that line, though, uh, when jo- when he dies, he says, I died in that car. I love yeah, that well, line. That, that's that last bit of humanity in yeah. him, like, reassuring him that, you know, he wasn't fully evil yeah. yet. I'm not evil. I, I'm, a help, I'm trying to help you, but I, it's against my will. Don't yeah. worry. This is not me doing it. I died in the cars type thing. Like, I'm a shadow of my former self, in, in a sense. Yeah, and I think that's why Mike killed him in a sense because of the fact that Mike's now going through that and that's what he would ultimately want is not to turn into that. How about the tall man having the cool line that Reggie used in part two so they don't totally ignore part two uh, we have uh, we have things to do. Reggie <laughs> yeah. uses that line and then the yeah, tall man uses does. it which is great again and I was, I was saying it uh, and I was talking too much so I apologize but that the other quibble I have of this one is there's too much time and dimension jumping for its own good in this it almost becomes too episodic in a sense like you're just like okay kind of focus but i think they needed it they're doing it because they kept going back to this b-roll footage and whatnot that they needed to but they had all mm-hmm. those portals in the desert and, and like a lot that was a little convoluted i understand like i think it was just put there to showcase that there's different dimensions and there, you know, just the, the, the whole grand scheme of what the tall man, what he can really do. Now what, when that, the tall man tells Reggie that it's all in Mike's head, yeah. is, that just a play, is that just a play on words because of the sphere or is that just, or is that bigger picture stuff? That's what I, I was. Thank you for saying that. That was my next question because at the end, are we supposed to believe it's all in Mike's head? Because part five, <laughs> exactly. I'm changes like, it up. No, 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 no. He wasn't talking about Mike. He, he, his words were he held him up and he said, "Ice cream man, 
It's all in his head. And he freaking throws him. He's telling Reggie that it's all in his head. He calls him Ice Cream Man. He says, Ice Cream Man. It's all in his head. Oh, I thought, he was, his... refer... I thought he was referring to, to Mike. I never thought that but... for a second. Because he even calls him Ice Cream Man and says it's all in his head. He basically just blows him off and then throws him. That's what I th- And then earlier on in the film, um, when he meets Jennifer, Reggie, she says something, something. And she says, in your dreams. And then his response was, if you only knew. Yeah, but but the way that yeah. it's ended, the way that it ends, which I think is what Brandon might be going at, is we've got Reggie doing the heroic. I'm going to go after you. You think there's going to be a big showdown now? And I think that's where my disappointment came in the theater. It's a big setup for the final showdown. So Reggie goes like, I'm going to go get this guy, and he's going in for the kill. And then we cut the mic half alive, half dead in the desert, and that's when it flashes back to the wind. It was all the wind or whatever. Or, and it made it sound like it, they make they allude to the fact that it's all back in Mike's head, which is a great parallel to part one because it was all in his head in part one. Yet that's not where part five goes. I don't know if that's again. What you're I don't saying. see it that way. Okay. No, all all I saw was that one scene when Reggie comes out and tries to save the day. And tall man picks him up and looks at him and says, "Ice cream man, it's all in his head." That boom. That was it. it he was telling Ice Cream Man it's all in his head again and they said it in the last movie and Reggie said it himself earlier in the same film saying it's about dreams and he says ah if you only knew just things like that I just took that as one more hint about it being in Reggie's head Hmm. cool. that is interesting cool that's actually really cool that's what I got out of it I was like I noticed it in part 3 and I'm glad I got to do it again because last time I saw Ravager it was the first time then Having that knowledge and watching this series, I was looking for things. If there was, and, and sure enough, like I said, in part three and part four, there were those lines, you know, about, about Reggie. So that's what I took it. As far as the very end with it's just the wind, you know, I don't think that's necessarily, you know, that could be anything. That, that could also be in Reggie's head. It's just one more chapter. I mean, <laughs> without going 100% into it, who knows? Who knows what Reggie's picturing in his head? As far as repeating lines go, did you realize that they said the same thing in this one that they said in part two? They said, southwest a few hundred miles. That's what um that's what he tells them. That's what they said in part two as well. well so they do a couple callbacks in the two. A couple lines yeah. that came from two. So they are trying to tie them together. I, they I, do. And I like it for it. Now, here's something. Jebediah Morningside. This is what's weird. This is why I think that part two was a studio thing. Jebediah. And then everything after was Coscarelli's plan. Because it makes sense... If you take part two out of the equation, and I'll tell you why, it makes sense that the guy's name is Jebediah Morningside. He was at the Morningside Mortuary, so that's his place. Now, if you're watching part one, you might just think that that's just the name of the freaking area they live in, Morningside, you know? But in part two, when Mike is in that institute, it's called the Morningside Institute. So the insinuation is it's like Haddonfield, you know what I mean? (laughs) That it's a city. But by him calling himself Jebediah Morningside in part four... That puts a whole different spin on it. That Morningside, he owned that mortuary, and now where do you go? I just found it interesting that they call it the, that they called it the Morningside Institute in Part Two, and it's like you can't have it both ways. So my guess is that you know he's taking the next film should be called Ten Morningside Lane. <laughs> <laughs> nice, basically, yeah. <laughs> I'm literally like my brain hurts. Because I'm literally trying to take all this in and process it, and I'm still just... I think they summed it up quite nicely in part five, and then I feel like they add up the capper 
at the end of part five that kind of has my head scratching. And, and oh yeah, that ooh, the that, last image in part five is is a big head scratch. I'm because like, I'm like, well, wait a second, they just explained it. Now I feel like they went against what they explained. But that's we're going to get to it. I don't know. Like, right. I, I, were, 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 is everybody done with four? I, I I'm the only thing that I'll repeat with four is the big missed opportunity for four is to explore more of Jebediah and Morningside, and the fact that Mike even comes to the realization that. The only way to possibly defeat the tall man might be to erase him from history, which means to go back to the origins and get rid of Jebediah Morningside. But he's never able to get back there because he leaves so quickly. And every time a tall man, the Jebediah Morningside never comes to a portal. It's always a tall man. True. Well, because as he's changed, this is what I, exactly. this is what I like about this. Once he goes in, he's an innocent scientist. He's a guy. He's, put, he's curious about you know other dimensions because who wouldn't be? So he puts a thing together and he goes through. And as soon as he goes through, he, yeah, he's the tall man. He's changed into this exactly. freaking other being with evil intentions, and, and they can make as many of him as they want. And when he comes back, that's all there is. But yeah, Jody, I did the Jody even says that, that 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 uh, that Jebediah Morningside never comes to a portal. No, of course not, because he's gone. Once he goes through, he's yeah. turned into something else. He has evil intentions, and uh, I'm be, fine with it. It would be awesome, though, with what they did with Mike and, and Jody, particularly, you know, and the whole idea of their humanity, if they were able to somehow get back to Jebediah's humanity in some way. Yeah, that they, they could have done that. It would have been cool. I think they were at the restriction of the, the budget, and I think they had a yeah. specific idea in mind to try to... I don't want to say churn out because it, this wasn't the great thing about these sequels or the crazy thing about these sequels is there is a lot of time in between each sequel. Yeah, there is. There so is. you've got like original came out in 79. The sequel came out in 88. Part three came out, I believe in 94. I don't have it right. 90, in front of yeah. Me. 90, 94, 98. And then 2016. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So it's like, crazy. Reggie is like <laughs> 70 in part. The acts. The most amazing thing is that Reggie, pretty much looks exactly the same from 40 years. Yeah, I know. He That's aged crazy. phenomenally. He was like 34. When he was 34, he looked like he was 70, but now that he's 70, he actually looks like he's... Oh, I just no. want to add one other thing. They make the balls have a buzzing B sound at the beginning of this, too. Huh. It was the funniest, weirdest thing. It was like... Oh, when they're all holding them up. Yeah, right, right, right. I just thought it was funny. How about the balls coming out of the girl's tits? That was great. <laughs> They called back KGMB for, or not KGMB, what? Uh, KNB? Yeah. KMB, thank you. KG. KGMB. KGB. The KGMB. Yeah, it's, it's the Russian version of KNB. KGMB. They came back to do that effect for him. Oh, wow. Yeah. It shows. It's good stuff. Yeah. So the great effect, and yeah, uh, I came in at a 7 out of 10 on this. I'm at a 7 myself. Um, I'm going to come in slightly lower at 6.75. Right on. Rock and roll. Favorable review. Of- you know what the crazy thing is? I was asking some some buddies uh, for their ratings for the entire series. And I'm telling you, eight and a half might have been the lowest score I saw on some of these lists. What? You know, some people, yeah, this some people don't like four. This one. Yeah. People do not like four. You're no, trying to, he, you're trying to he, tell me. I'm talking about it? the whole series. I'm talking people were saying their, you know, whatever their least favorite was, was at least an eight. Like every super film was so super high that immediately uh, I thought to myself, I'm like, oh my God, they're going to tear me apart when they hear my ratings because I'm not saying my enjoyment's not there for it, but there's just too many issues. They are. Uh, and it, hurts, it, it hurts my brain too much is what it is. It, it makes me think a, too much. 
I don't want to think. It's a solid series, and so far the lowest grade has been a six. So <laughs> what can we say? A lot of people, and that was me for three, a lot of people love this series. If you look at the post that you put on Dave today, Andrew Reeves loves it. Reeves, sorry, Andrew Reeves loves it. Uh, Joey, of course, loves it. Yeah, Fonte, Ricky Morgan love hey, the first one Joey so much. And Fonte. But he says he agrees it's his favorite franchise. Uh, Tanya Torrance says love Phantasm. And, oh, it's Tanya. Uh, I asked her. Did you? No, it's not. You no, it's Tanya. You're <laughs> asshole. Uh, and then uh, one, one. Uh, where was that one comment that I really wanted to get to? Yeah, James Hogan. My favorite horror series four is kind of rough though. See, James, I thought the same thing, man. I thought the same thing. If you haven't watched it again, give it a rewatch. Yeah, second view. <laughs> Rock and roll. That's what it's all about. And that, and that could be the reason why I'm coming in lower on some of these is because this was a first, first time view for these later ones. Cool. Well, we got one more. Are you ready to go? Ready to go Ravager style? Part five? Yeah. Ravager. Ravager? Hardly know her. Yeah. <laughs> that joke has been cracked. Hey, oh, Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, I know. I'm going, I I, I'm going yeah. off the B because the B has the best synopsis for Ravager. The final installment of the long-running Phantasm series. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Mike and Reggie go after the tall man? <laughs> Again? You know what? Even if I tried to write a synopsis for this one, Ugh. I wouldn't even know where to start. This, is, this one's just like a mind fuck. I cannot wait to hear a Christian, because Christian motherfucked it. I think you, you had oh, it as your biggest disappointment of the year. Biggest disappointment of the year when, when we watched it uh, in 2016. And immediately, oh. I watched it once. I was so upset. I <laughs> rated it low. I think I gave it a five or five and a half or whatever. I just said, I just was, I just thought it was a CGI mess. Oh, it is a C, it is CGI mess, though. I watched there it again, There are some though. issues in the CGI. There is some bad CGI, but I was way more forgiving of it this time. And I just went in with that mindset of, I really detested this movie the first time I watched it. And I was shocked at how much more I enjoyed it. Nice. And how much ep more epic this is. I will say, I would have been a little bit more intrigued to see what the finished result would have been if Don Coscarelli directed this himself. Mm. I don't know if he was throwing his buddy a bone and saying, hey, look. I've done this series, but he did all four of them. And I know his thumbprints all over this. He wrote it. He produced it. I mean, right. it, it's all there. Uh, mm -hmm. and he probably oversaw it, but I guess maybe he wanted to give his buddy a chance or, or a filmmaker, an aspiring filmmaker. I don't know the history there. Uh, I'm speaking out of line, so to speak, but I'm just You're not sure. You're way out of line. Yeah, well, fuck you. Uh, I just, <laughs> I'm just not entirely sure as to why he didn't finish the series off himself from a directorial standpoint. I'll I, tell you why. Okay, you I'll, tell me the truth. I may be wrong. Now, hold on. This may or may not be <laughs> I may be my, wrong. He doesn't even know. Hold on. To okay. my understanding, now I know this part for a fact. This was originally filmed as a web series. It was just filmed on weekends, and they were just going to make a web series out of it. And there was just So they filmed the first part, you know, the stuff when Reggie meets the girl and all that stuff, and it's just Reggie. I believe that was just that. So I believe that that stuff was done by Mike Hartman. Like, he got, you know... Through the grace of Don Coscarelli, who said, yeah, go ahead. If you want to do this web series, I'll give you my blessing. So he started doing this and started filming 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there on weekends. And it took a long time to do it. This was in production for years. So the web series ended up not happening. So when they decided to go ahead and make it a film, because I believe Mike Hartman had already directed the proposed web series that he he was already had his feet 
deep enough in the water that if the, the movie's going to continue on, why not just direct the movie? You know, well, that, that's I'm, pretty cool if that is the case. I, I mean, I guess Coscarelli could have stepped in and said, well, you got the first third of the film. I'll do the rest. But you didn't. You know what I mean? That, that's what I get out of it. Because I know for a fact it started out as a web series. So I can only guess that 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 that, that Hartman filmed those scenes. And then, My guess well, is there was a lot of collaboration anyway. I'm sure. sure he, I'm sure he had Coscarelli's blessing on every choice he made. Well, I'm just so grateful it happened because, like I kept saying, Angus is not getting any younger. What are you guys doing? Do this. Make this. Make this film. I thought it was going to be called Phantasm's End because, like I said, I heard that term years ago in a Fangoria, and I was like, make this thing wrap up, even though I didn't see Oblivion. You know, I just still wanted it to be a wrapped-up series just because yeah. – why would you not want to see something wrapped up? Then, I, then maybe I would have watched four and five, well, even before. You know what I mean? But I'll tell you right now that opening is fucking great. That opening <laughs> montage is fantastic because it's like one of those killer ass montage sequences where it leads up and then it even with my name is Reggie, yeah, boom, title card, yeah. and then we so a fantastic lead up that gets you fist pumping as a fucking. Uh, Dr. Dave likes to say over there. Who, who were you fisting? <laughs> I was fist-fucking myself. It was the weirdest thing. Make sure oh, you wipe four I couldn't wipe. I couldn't wipe. I really wanted to wipe deep. So I was going right in. I was going in for the kill. It's like a Nutella jar in there. Are you wiping in the deep? Jesus Christ. Uh, My favorite Adele song, Wiping in the Deep. Oh, man. I will say the car thief must have been from the web series because he's a fucking horrid actor. He must have Makes been Rocky look Oscar worthy. Yes. <laughs> yes. But lovingly, there's not a lot of those bad actors in this one. That, that car thief, though, was pretty bad. But I love the lead up of Reggie going, where'd you find this car? And then saying, oh, I left a, uh, a gun in the middle, in the center console. And he goes console, to grab it. Yeah. And he goes, no, I forgot. It was in the glove box. And he kicks it fucking open, grabs it. And it it's just kick ass. Like, it, it's so it over the top. He's Ash at this point. But yep. with the Reggie personality that we've that he's earned, it, so you get his respect at this point, too. Yep, absolutely. He's great. I, I, I have such a um, an admiration for, for the series and for the Reggie character now more than ever. So... So yeah, now man. he's wheeled, and then we get told that he's got dementia. Pretty much right out of the gate. <laughs> And that's what Enter I thought I had minute. to mention. <laughs> that's Thir- <I'm> 13? <laughs> yeah, Dementia 13. Yeah. I never saw 1 through 12, so I've actually never watched 13. I thought that was awesome. As soon as they said, and I remember the first time I saw it, as soon as they said that, I'm like, because oh, remember, again, I, I did it for a retrospective, so I watched them all in a row. So when we got to that one, and he said that, I was like, wow, awesome. What a fucking explanation for all this craziness we've seen. Now it makes sense. And there you go. I've been sold ever since. Wouldn't it have made more sense, though, that Mike had it? It, it seems like it was such... I mean, it, it's Reggie's story almost as much as it's Mike's now, if not more, because of right. how they followed him. But it seems like because it started with Mike and the journey that Mike went on with the ball in his head and everything, didn't it make, wouldn't it have made more sense that Mike was going through? Yeah, but at this point, Mike's dead. No, well, Or not. Or he's wheeling Reggie around because Reggie's got dementia. Right, he didn't. But in in Reggie's dementia mind, in his alternate version, <laughs> Mike is dead. Dementia mind. <laughs> dementia. <laughs> the portals no, of Reggie's mind. Seriously, okay. So in, in the whole story that Reggie's created in his mind, in his dementia, Mike has died. 
you know, because we saw it at the end of four. He died. And now it's Mike's story. And it's Mike's, it's Reggie's. <laughs> you have, yeah, well, you are cra- you've gone nuts. Yeah. I don't feel good. I think this series ruined you for a little bit. Pete. No, no, I, t- <laughs> I, I really, I'm not doing well. <laughs> but, I blame uh, Phantasm. I do. It's, it's, <laughs> it becomes Reggie's story. Is it weird though? Because well, because he says Mike Mike's wheeling him around. He goes, "Tell me the story again." Great line. But I thought they easily could have made Mike the one with dementia. And I don't think the movie would have lost anything. Yeah, but I think it would have because yes, Reggie's become the focal point. He's become the focal point as the series went on. It became Reggie's series. To have to go back to Mike now, I think Mike isn't anywhere. And again, nobody's excellent, but Mike is. He's not near the actor that Reggie is. People aren't as sympathetic. Towards Mike, I don't think as they are to Reggie. Reggie became, you he, know, he, he like became this... the star of the sh- of the show. Absolutely, the beginning of part two. Yeah. The minute his house blew up, that's when it became <laughs> Reggie's story. Yeah, it is because at that point, Mike's story's over. I mean, he's he's there trying to you True. know avenge, but it's it's Reggie's story now. You guys are almost right. I think oh. you're right. Okay. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> Because I do believe it could have worked either way, but no, you're right. Based on, I feel you because yeah, I do because it is Mike, and he's the kid that we grew up with. You know what I mean? He was with him, and he was a kid in part one, and and the tall man was trying to recruit him. But because of the way part four ended, there was no other way to go. I mean, I guess they could have said Mike never died at the end of four, and he's in a hospital bed again, but. They've already done that in, in the beginning of three with him being in the hospital bed and or, or whatever, you know. And also, keep this in mind, for Mike to have dementia and Reggie to be wheeling him around, it wouldn't seem right. Reggie's older than Mike. Yeah. You know? Plus the fact, it was Mike's story, and now it's Reggie's, and it's sort of like a a metaphor. Like, everybody has their own tall man, and they they sort of are always trying to stay ahead of death, but they can, you can't do it. You can't, you can't defeat death. It's going to get you at some point. Yeah, and there's an Elm Street in every town, and there's a tall man in every corner. I think the, exactly. I think the series did break him. Uh, no, I. I <laughs> <laughs> we all have our Christine. tall man. Brandon has a tall man do? waiting for him in bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Two silver spheres. You made me bring out the ball jokes. Let's get to it. There is an absolutely menacing shot of the tall man in the bushes when they're at the cottage. It's, it's probably one of the scariest shots. It might not be the fist-pumping shot you saw when he's walking all Vader-style with the balls beside him, but it's a scary shot, and I yeah. thought that was super cool. So super cool that I wrote it down. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll give you props, then. <laughs> That's I'm awesome. going to erase your notes. I, I like think... the fact that Reggie was going to finally get the girl, but he fell asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I know. Uh, isn't it heartbreaking? That it was heartbreaking. And, and then she got drilled. There's a lot of ball action in this. There's a lot of drills, drilling wow. in the heads. In How about the horse? The horse was hysterical. It that was, was so fucking funny. They, this is what I say, though. <laughs> there's a being ambitious, but there's also being ambitious, and when you can't deliver on the effects, maybe just not do it. Because his, sa- his, uh, his, his sound sounded a little raspy also when he was getting killed. I think he was a little horse. Uh-huh. I knew where you were going. The it's setup, the setup there was just brutal. Uh, I started laughing already because I knew it was I coming. Even... <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but I said... As soon as he said raspy. But how about the kill on that guy? The, the freaking... Uh, uh, the Farmhand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, three people and one horse within like the first 30 minutes or so of the movie. 
dead. So I guess you could say Mike has been through the desert on a horse with a spear in his brain. I don't know. On a horse with no name? Oh, Is that what you I was trying to make a horse with no name joke, but a horse with a spear in his brain. <laughs> I've been through the desert yes. with a spear in a horse's... No, <laughs> the seduction chick from part one's back. Again. Yeah. Yes, she is. Oh, we forgot to mention that in Oblivion, the freaking the witch came back and she was married to Jebediah, the witch from part one. That was the witch. Okay, I thought so. Well, I thought you it's not really you. her. It's not really her, oh. and, and she's not credited for it. Nobody's credited for that role, which is weird, but it, it sure as hell looked like her. Yeah. That was the implication, because she showed yeah. up in, in the car with Mike, right? And then she was married to Jebediah, which is kind of yeah. cool. To and think it made me think like she married, was the real but... evil one in Oblivion. In Oblivion. Oblivion. <laughs> Oblivion. Brian that, Oblivion. That seduction chick. Yeah, thanks, video drum. The seduction chick uh, in this one also has one of the best scares with that scream. When she screams. Yes. Again, another terrifying moment in the movie. Because this movie, like this series had kind of had moments, but I don't think, I wouldn't say it was really that scary in three and four. I thought one and two had most of the atmosphere and the scares. Four bought back some of the feeling of part one. Had some cool moments, but this one had some good scares in it again, in between the CGI. Right. And Which was just scary bad. It just looked a little too video game cartoon-like. I agree. It's unfortunate, and it, and it will reflect reflect my rating a little bit, because you, you, cannot, you can only give a pass for so much. Yeah. You still have to look at some of the, the full paws in production. What can you do? I mean, they only had so much, so you have to be forgiving to a degree, but in the end, it's still a finished product. And it's unfair to grade it a different way, as far as I'm concerned. You just have to look at the product and say, okay, well, the, the CGI does kind of weigh it down a bit. And, and it's unfortunate. I, I wish that, we all wish that it would have been, you know, had a bigger budget and not done this Absolutely. way. Skin, what about humans are just skin sacks of water and meat? <laughs> about right. <laughs> How about when they had that serious conversation and he says, you're my bad dream. That's what the tall man tells Reggie. That's freaking crazy, huh? That he kept cool. him around though for all this enjoyment. I I feel so bad for Reggie when he when he finds himself back in like 1979 and he realizes everything he's done for the last 40 years has d- paid off nothing. Yep, it's good to see him, and I forgot to say it about Oblivion, but it's good to see that he changed back into his ice cream uniform and he can oh, keep absolutely. it down. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, man. There's a part where he does wake up, when Reggie wakes up, and we're to believe that it's 10 years after the end of Part Four, correct? Yeah, that's, that's when he's in, that's in the he's, future world where the where uh, the tall man's taken over. Where he feels like he's been woken them. up from the from the real dream or whatever, and then that's when he's broken out. They break him out, and then he says, "It's not really our world anymore; it's his." And then they yeah. crack open the door, yes. and you get that really cool again CGI, but it's actually pretty cool of of right. the world being taken over, and and that was a, a really cool revelation. I'll be I dig it. Yeah, I gave that a pass because it was so cool. I agree that I also I did give that a pass the giant sphere and everything else and those people with the exploding heads and the shit like that and what happens that shit was cool I like that whole idea of him taking over the world it's almost like what they did in another movie that people don't like uh, Freddy's dead in the beginning of Freddy's dead when they say that Freddy has wiped out freaking all, all the kids in the country and there's just you know this small group left I like shit like that when it comes to that when you're far into the series and you know they finally win they take over i i really did like that the, the big giant spheres and everything that went down with it and the power that he has now then there's the idea of parallel dimensions which i think it keeps us guessing till the end is this dementia 
or is it parallel dimensions, or is it a or, bit of both? Or is it parallel dementia? Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, at this point, that's what I feel like I have right now. I feel like I'm suffering from full-blown parallel dementia. <laughs> well, you did mention it because there's a good there's a good exploding head scene there too. Damn straight. That's where I think you went. You can't not mention the fact that they've got, they have a midget on their team that goes incognito as a dwarf. Dunk? Yeah, yeah. It ended up. Where I was wondering, like, why is why is there a little guy involved? But then it figures in later. Good old the, chunk. The downfall is when they do that little heroic part. The CG blood is. Oh. I was. Why did you do it? Why? It's just like cartoon splatters of yellow because they've got that yoky blood and whatever. And I'm just. It was just unfortunate. This film would have been better. Would have benefited from stripping back all the CGI and focusing more on the hospital dimension of it all. I think they wanted yeah. to give it the big finish and, and, they, and that's what they tried to do but by doing that they take you out of the movie a little bit because of how subpar most of the effects are. Yeah, but on the flip side, I mean it is a little bit sad that they went out that way and the CGI was shitty but we still got to get in the, the last scene that Angus Scrim filmed is actually was he when he was Jebediah in, in the freaking hospital bed which it a, appears early in the film yeah, that was the last thing he ever filmed. That's so, when he tells Reggie that he's, he's almost done. The yeah, but this body. Complete. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. It's freaking. It's sad. And then at the end, when we see Reggie pass, and, and Mike and Jody are there, and then we see them in their in his brain in the other world and stuff, and they're hanging out. And what could have been? See, it, it's kind of heavy yeah. on the emotions, especially yeah. when you've watched the whole series close like that yes. and to see it come to a conclusion like that it, it's heartwarming it's also it's bittersweet is, is exactly what it is you know we spend all this time with them and then we know what happens with angus Grimm. and to see a character like reggie pass in, in in this tragic way at first it's a great revelation because okay now that explains how crazy the series it series is and why but when you see that it's also sad that a character that we know and love is going out this way but that's why i think they put that stinger at the end just to give us a freaking high note at the end. That's well, why. If they didn't, if they didn't wedge Jody into three and four, and he didn't come back, or or they did it differently, they they put him in just in the flashbacks or whatever it may be, and then suddenly he came back up in that souped-up Hemi with the two Gatling guns, yes. and that was his re-entrance into the series. Tell me that would have been a fucking great moment. It was a great moment as is, but if yeah, it but was, still. it would have been even better. I think more epic. But I understand I what they were trying to do, and they're they're saying that this was about that group, and they wanted to use them as much as they possibly could. I did have a question. So Tiny blows up Tolly, and <laughs> Tiny blows. Up. You have to question why, because didn't the tall man just show and tell everybody that there's tens of thousands of him in different dimensions? So what does it matter if you blew me up? Yeah, you're right. He does say that. I think the point is at that moment they're going to die in this dimension, right? Okay. Because it's in it's you're on his home turf. So if you take that one out, he can't return. Maybe or I I don't know. It, it's it's very confusing. But ultimately, when when this one wraps up, it, you realize that it's more of of the story of, of going back to part one of mourning, of death, and of friendship between Reggie, between Mike, and between Jody. And the tall man, while he's iconic and fantastic throughout the whole series and great, that the myth of the tall man was never really important to the story. Because and if you if you feel like it was or needed to be, then you're going to hate the series because you get no answers. And yeah. 
Dave, I but, agree with you. Like, I actually teared up a little bit, like a little bit. I just felt like I was. It is a little bit with that scene, and then I loved how they did that quick little montage. Not even a Yay. montage. I think it was. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they did that one shot of them all together, or whatever, and then the yes. car drives off in the distance. And I thought that would have been the perfect way to end it, which is I how agree. they did end. But then they popped that Rocky Returns capper on, and I was kind of confused because I'm like, well, if he died, and this is kind of them going off into the sunset, and his mind going off. What's Rocky doing to show up? He's dead. This is over. It was all in his head, but his mind's dead. So unless it's not dead, and, and, it, and it is in his own dementia mind, this lives on. It, that that part doesn't make sense. Is where I'm going with it. I, I guess it was just a nod. It was just something to throw. Say it was like when they no. threw uh, somebody in at the end of a Chucky movie. Let's no, just do no. it and see where it goes. No, I don't even. I think it does make sense. This is this is his afterlife, he, and he's going to spend it with the people he loves and cares about. He cared about Rocky. They became close. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's but, true, but then that means that the tall man is around, and it does is important, and the fight's not over. Well, the tall man point. is always around because the tall man is really just a metaphor for death, and death comes for all of us. Which you did. That's a call back to your – That's a – it's a callback to my Oblivion review, yeah. which I don't even remember. How about Rocky? Man, she looked great. She looks better freaking now. How many years later is this? Like she was better. I, I admit it. I'm like, Rocky! 20, Ooh, 20 plus years. 20, over 20 years. 20 years. She looks hotter now than she did then. I was like, wow, look at this. Wow. I, I was happy to see her. Again, she's the, she's the greatest one. She's the only character that wasn't a minion and didn't die. The only female one in, in the whole fucking series. And we've had a lot of them come and go in this series. So maybe that's why they give props to her. They're like, okay, let's give her a prop. She was a good character. We like the way she went out in three. Let's just throw a bone. Or yeah. or it's a parallel universe. How's that? Because why would Rocky know that little guy? That wouldn't make any sense. That would have to be in somebody's brain or or a parallel universe. And I think it's all in Reggie's brain. In his brain, he's been fighting this for so long that at this point, he's created a whole army to help fight it with him. And it was just weird. Yeah. I, I, I and he'll continue thought, fighting. And I well, that's it. I thought it was done. He died. It just I, to me, it just makes no. It makes no sense for it to continue on. Why You're not right. do something ridiculous? Because the whole series has been ridiculous in that way. Why not throw one more freaking fucking crazy thing out of left field? Maybe that's why. Maybe Cascarelli said, "Let's just do something just to fuck with the fans because this is the kind of series this is." You know. Yeah, but well, I do. That, feel that's you. why it's there. He wanted like Rocky can't make it come back and. Admittedly, even though I just shit on her uh, in the, on this review of this time, uh, I was like, oh, my God, it's Rocky. And I was kind of happy to see her. I didn't yeah. really that understand a German it. Review? That was my biggest question. Yeah, it was a Scheiser, Scheiser video because <laughs> I literally shit on her. <laughs> Soft oh. serve. Uh, <laughs> but, no, I, it, it left my head scratching because I'm like, oh, they just summed it up. And although a bit of a fist pump, oh, she's back. I'm like, but back for what? Because it left your head it, scratching it what? Over. Your hand? Yeah. Back for fan service because. That was it. It was, it was literally for fan service. I, that is it. But I admittedly came way up on this one. And I'm so glad to, to have revisited. I'm so glad to have the opportunity to have gone through this whole series again. I never would have thought three would have been my lowest rated one. But it was. And. Uh, I I think everybody should go back and review them again or see them again, and you be the judge. Absolutely, I'm just glad we all enjoy it. Oh, we, did, did we even grade this movie? Oh we shit, didn't even yeah. rate it. we didn't even do it. <laughs> oh, I've been going back and forth on it. So you know what I'm going to do? Okay, then that's that's a quick solution. 
Uh, I have a goal between a, a, a 7 and then a 6.5. So I'm just going to go with 6.75. Easy answer. And funny enough, I came in right at the same rating that I give part 4, which was a 7, uh, which was above quite a bit above what I initially got gave it and dismissed it as my biggest disappointment of 2016. Uh, I no longer feel that way. I thought it was a great way to end the series. Nice. Dude, I originally gave it a 7, and I really just dropped it this time because... Of, of the production stuff. Just watching it this second time, that's just the way I felt. I was like, eh, I can only give it so much of a pass. Yeah, well, I mean, look, if you're going to grade it on the CGI, you're going to give it a super low score. That part, some parts of that are shitty. But I, the first time I watched it, I was just like, this is a mess. I just, I can't get on board. And I was going to come in below five. Wow. But, but I A lot do, of people said that. But I did like the way they ended and the way they just, always come back to to our main characters and i like that there's there's something there even though i still don't feel like after three plus hours of talking about this series that i can make (laughs) much sense of it i really don't i felt like you guys were making great points and i was taking a lot of it in and i'm still like what the fuck did i watch but but i enjoyed it and so you know for this one i'll give it a six which i i think is a is a pretty fair grade but you know it's it's Reggie. Reggie was the driving force behind this series. Yes, Angus Scrim was great as the tall man, but Reggie was... If Reggie was a shitty character and you didn't care about him, this this series pretty much would have been the first one, and then I would never watch any of the sequels. Well, while hmm. we were reviewing these, uh, Joey did post a picture that he has one of the balls on his arm. I think it's Yeah, he loves balls. it. No, it's, a, it's one of the tall man's <laughs> spheres. And then the Ram Man also wrote... Well, none of the sequels quite match up to the original in tone and pure horror. I feel like Phantasm is one of the most consistently entertaining franchises. Uh, right now. I can say that I agree with that, Ram. I do, too. That's what Ram-y. I'm saying about this series. I don't, you know, it's weird. I don't know if I would describe it to for me as consistently entertaining, but it is certainly thought-provoking. And the fact that I'm cloudy as hell to begin with in my brain... <laughs> doesn't help but it, it certainly makes me want to go back and watch them again and again right on. and i will and i will i will probably revisit this every couple of years you know and, and watch it straight through and it, it's fun to do that way and it's, it's not saying it's a strong series it, like i said we're only one movie to me is great in the whole series but it's it's like what you were saying earlier see about friday the 13th having three or four rated kind of low and in this series you don't have any that are rated all that low anymore. And that's this series here, I'll say Tremors, I'll say Juan, and I will say Alien. Those franchises are pretty consistent. And Scream. And Scream. Scream. Scream might be. Scream me. is a big letdown for me. I love Scream, I actually like three, three better than two. As of right now, I think my ratings are 10, 7, 7, and 7. Four, I have a problem with a bit, but. Uh... I think I gave it a seven and a half, but I think I'd be like ten, seven, seven and a half, seven and a half, something like that. <sighs> wow, I, I'm I'm like ten, six, fucking five, maybe, <laughs> and and seven and a half. I I'm, I'm really not that much into two or three, but that's just it. Like if you make a list of your top whatever franchises, just as far as you know ratings alone, this would have to go in there, and it's it's a series that's kind of overlooked you know yeah man i'm i'm glad to have revisited uh i know i've said that 
I don't care if I'm suddenly rep- repetitious because it was a it was a lot of fun to to hang out with Reggie, Mike. Yeah, man. Jody, the tall man. A couple Jebediah. Jebediah. Jebediah Springfield. Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> they stole his head. That's right. <laughs> they stole the statue's head. <laughs> nice. Oh, so yeah, good stuff. So uh, a, a horse with no face. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he said. I, why the long face? Yeah. Every uh-huh. time I see that horse, why the? Long... <laughs> <laughs> that fucking horse. Oh, that fucking horse. Good stuff, though, man. Good stuff, and and Good thanks stuff. again to uh, Christine. Christine yeah. Strong. Thanks, yeah. Christine. Thank for, thanks, Christine. For messing up my brain. I think I have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone else wants us to review a franchise, you know what to do. Join the Give Patreon. Us your fucking money. Do what she did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're we're not we're not charging too much either, you know. <laughs> we're just... for less than a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I don't right think you get this for less than a cup of coffee, but you, you get some other shit. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do okay. Yep. In the grand scheme of things, it's a uh, it's a it's a lot a lot a lot of movie watching and a lot of podcasting and note taking and a lot of work goes into it. That's for sure. But we you squeeze it all into one show. You know what we need? We need a Crystal Lake memories type of documentary for phantasm yeah that would be cool although right? all of uh angus scrim stuff would have to be uh stock stuff stock interviews now yeah sadly. yeah yeah sadly it wouldn't be the same without him being there right and get james agro get brad pitt get everybody yeah why not get, get the ball i'm the ball talking to me get the spheres <laughs> get joey joey bags joe bags on that Go note, Donnie Ring, get Donnie Rings up in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about you your know tattoo. What, you know Ooh. what scares the horror mafia the most during Halloween? Gabagools. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was good. That was badly good all at the same it time. It was badly good. I thought of that like a few weeks ago because I don't know. That's what I do. I think of shitty jokes and then I save <laughs> That's them. That's okay. That's all right, man. It's all good. Well, we'll see you guys on episode 57. 57, right? Yeah. We don't know what we're doing. Probably 2018. Yeah. 2018 stuff because we haven't watched it in a while. We're just going to have some fun. Yeah, I like the idea of a laid back show. Yep. Definitely (laughs) laid back. We're going to do the one thing because we uh, the the Patreon drawing uh, because uh, Charlene picked um, I I Saw the the Devil. devil. So that's one film we'll definitely discuss a little bit and whatever else. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night. Keep your balls in the air.